Earlier this year, DraftKings celebrated golf's first two majors by crowning the first ever fantasy golf millionaires. And with the third major starting next week, DraftKings is picking up right where they left off by doling out $3 million in prizes and crowning fantasy golf's next millionaire. Any questions? Uh, actually, I got some questions. Shoot, buddy. Do you only win money on the major tournaments with DraftKings? Great question. DraftKings.com is a one-week fantasy golf site where you could win huge prizes every tournament. Wow, every tournament. That's amazing. Now, my buddy plays with DraftKings, but he loves golf. I don't really like golf. I like Uno. Will I have fun? First of all, you're a grown man who loves Uno, and I love that about you. Whether you live and breathe golf or you just love the thrill of fantasy sports, DraftKings lets you experience the game in a whole new way by playing to win a million dollars. Wow, how does it work? Just pick six golfers, pile up the points, and pick up your cash. That's it. This is the biggest one-week fantasy golf contest ever. Sounds amazing. When does it start? The event begins with the tournament, all right? So choose your players before next Wednesday night, and there could be a giant check with your name on it Sunday afternoon. Hurry to DraftKings.com now and use promo promo code ALN to play for free for a shot to become a fucking millionaire. Enter ALN now at DraftKings.com. DraftKings.com. That's DraftKings.com. Can't wait to play. Just need the name of the website. Are you serious, man? <laughs> of course not. DraftKings.com. There you go. At some point, every one of us embarks on a journey to find love. We meet people, we date, we get in and out of relationships, all with the hope of finding someone with whom we share a deep connection with. Hilarious comedian Aziz Ansari has just come out with a new book called Modern Romance. It's already a New York Times bestseller, and in the book, Aziz combines his irreverent humor with cutting-edge social science to give us an unforgettable tour of our new romantic world. Aziz teamed up with an NYU sociologist and designed a massive research project that included hundreds of interviews and focus groups from Tokyo to Buenos Aires to Wichita, Kansas. And they analyzed behavioral data and enlisted the world's leading social scientists. It's unlike any social science or humor book we've ever seen before. Aziz is one of the best comics in the game. We all know that. We loved him on Parks and Rec. We love him in all the movies he's been in. And, uh, and you know, this book is, is just a hilarious, thoughtful, and in-depth exploration of the pleasures and perils of modern romance. I, I mean, personally, I love this book because, uh, you know, I'm a single dude, and I uh, have come up in the age of, uh, of dating apps, which is a $2.4 billion industry. I mean, people are getting married so much later in life because 38% of, of people are are on single people that claim to be single and dating are on these apps and and you know it's just making your early 20s into this relentless hunt for more romantic options um, one of the things that really stood out in this book for me not only is it Aziz is just very astute uh, observations at love and romance in the in the modern world because uh, you know he came up in it with when uh, he was dating before apps and Facebook and all that stuff and and then kind of was at the precipice of it and has used all of it and he he references the story of how his uh, his folks you know had an arranged marriage and his dad uh, his dad met his uh, his wife uh, is Aziz's mom um, they've been married for 35 years and they met uh, some families in the neighborhood uh, arranged for them and at first Aziz's dad said that uh, she was a little too tall um, then met a girl and said she was too short and then met his now wife and Aziz's mom and said that she was the appropriate height they talked for like 30 minutes and then a week later decided to get married and he explains in the book like 
the ups and downs they have, like any uh, you know any relationship, any couple, and how you know the uh, the dopamine and the amazing adrenaline that we get from the early stages of a relationship are so empowering and so overwhelmingly emotional and great. And then like any drug. Because uh, dopamine is the same, I guess, um, you know, uh, chemical that's released in your body that cocaine gives off. And, and like any drug, it, it wears off, and then you're forced to really figure out, um, you know, person on person what's what's going on, what drives you, what desires uh, and, and needs you guys have for each other. And Aziz, uh, you know, it's, it's really incredible when you see a, a comic that's so smart and funny to really um, tackle something like this that is so relatable and, and make it funny but also very personal. And, um, you know, for me, uh, having uh, being the product of uh, uh, parents that were married 20 years and then, uh, and then called it quits, it, uh, it, it, I don't know, it makes me look under even a bigger microscope of, of just the way people meet and, and the way people connect and, and what keeps people together. You know, I feel like social media is... Um, hurting and helping that um, and all these apps people are meeting and, and staying together and, and it's breaking people apart and Aziz gets into all that stuff in this book and, and these experiments they did and, and how much on the road that he talks to people and gets true stories um, it's incredible and I, it's it's great to see a comic that made everyday people so comfortable to share their stories and Aziz shares that in this book which the AV Club raves it's hard to think of another celebrity book that also feels like breaking news aside from the jokes the science of modern romance the title of Aziz Ansari's book holds water and is absolutely fascinating the co-author of Freakonomics Stephen Levitt says not only did I laugh my ass off I really learned stuff where was this book when I was 22 years old? The book is available. It's hilarious. It's a great insight to modern romance. The title of the book by Aziz Ansari. And to find out more, check out the book at book.azizansari.com. And now, sit back, relax, and enjoy a brand new episode of the About Last Night podcast with Brad Williams and Adam Ray. Hey, everybody. It's Adam Ray and Brad Williams for the About Last Night podcast. Woohoo! Yeah, that's all I'm going to do. Yeah, that's all you need Ti- to do. The entire time. That's my that, that's, that's my catchphrase. Get her done. Suck it. I'm going with woohoo. I feel like, and we might have hit on this already, but I feel like if you once you if you once you get the Brad Williams doll <laughs> and you and you pull the string, woohoo is it? Or, and by the way, and I just picked up on this because every time you enter my apartment, mm-hmm. uh, you say hello, and <laughs> wait, what do I say? Yes, sir. Oh yeah. Oh, I, Are you aware of that? Do I? Shut up. You don't know that you do that? No. That's incredible. The same way I go, a thousand percent. Which and you do. I, but I've started to become more aware of it. And guess what? <laughs> Every time I say it, I hear you or... <laughs> or Dane. Yeah. Or, yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Dane. Yeah. Isn't a hundred percent enough, man? <laughs> uh, that's so weird. You I go, yes, sir. You did it uh, today uh, when I saw you for the uh, pitch meeting. You did it when I came to your place to watch the Women's World Cup game last week. I, I mean, yeah. You open the door and go, yes, sir. That, that's I, don't, I have no idea that I do that. Wow. All right. Well. All right. Well, uh, unexpected catchphrases. <laughs> I like that, which is uh, the uh, board game will be out next next fall. From Mattel. From, from Mattel. From the makers of My First Anus. <laughs> <laughs> Unexpect, unexpected catchphrases. You wouldn't think that a guy saying, pooping is great, is going gonna, is, is gonna to be a catchphrase. But it, it, it is. With unexpected catchphrases. Oh, well, um... This podcast is filled with uh, a lot of unexpected moments. Yes, sir. But I <laughs> <laughs> Timing! But, but you know what? Uh, a lot of expected moments as well, because I knew this guest was going to be great, because I've been trying to get him for 
almost a year now? No, man, year since the half? heat, which was 2012. Wow. Um, uh, so three years now. Uh, and I'm talking about Michael Rappaport. Yeah, oh, Michael, Michael Rappaport. Oh, that's right. Maybe one of the most, um, I don't know, the most working TV film actors. Go through his IMDb page. I mean, Blackish, Justified, uh, The Heat, obviously, where I met him. Um, Copland. Jesus. Prison Break, Copland. My name is Earl. Uh, uh, Friends, he played Phoebe's boyfriend. The right. War at Home, Mad TV, Boston Public, um, Dr. Doolittle. And, do little. And uh, if for any reason this name is like Michael Rapport, who's at once Google him. Once you see him, you're like, oh yeah, the that, Basketball Diaries, the guy the that everything. NYPD Blue. He just was on a, uh, an episode of Louis, which was so great. Killed it. Fresh Prince of Bel Air. He was uh, on there back in the day. True well, Romance, obviously, is where I first yeah. saw him, which is obviously. I mean, he played Dick Ritchie, which True Romance, you know, Christian Slater, um, fucking uh, Brad Pitt, Gary Oldman, Val Kilmer, Dennis Hopper, Patricia Arquette, Christopher Walken, which. Rappaport has an amazing first meeting walking story. A great, a great walking um, story, which you guys are going to love. And just a, a guy who's been in the business forever, who knows about the business, doesn't take himself self too seriously. Yeah. And a, a guy who you can also... I don't know because he hit it, it early. He, yeah. you know, he 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 hit early, and you'd think like, oh, shouldn't you be kind of like a not like a child actor, but he got lucky, as he says, you sure. know, and to be working as much as he has. Minute. Yeah, and. Uh, and one thing I love about him, in in kind of this, he has this in common with uh, Bill with Bill Burr. He takes on your problems as his own. Whatever topic you're talking about, he'll talk about it like it's the most important thing in the world. Yep. And that's what he did this time. Yep. It, 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 it was so it was so much fun. Whether if we're talking about hoop, if we're talking if we're talking about the Knicks, a lot of New York talk because he is, I mean, just the most New York dude you'll meet. I mean, fuck, he got he had beef with Spike Lee at one point after they were buds sitting courtside. <laughs> <laughs> for the longest time, uh, yeah, and and I mean he's played in you know the NBA celebrity All Star games, yeah, all the tribe called question too. I mean, Ugh. beats rhymes in life, right? Yeah, the the it, documentary. Uh, he uh, he uh, made that documentary happen, and you could tell how passionate it, he is about it. He, he's not just a white guy that's like, yeah, I kind of like rap. Like, no, he lives and breathes hip hop, and and he's got the rap too back it up and I saw that documentary it is unbelievable so good so uh, yeah uh, we know you guys are going to love this it was worth the wait and uh, it was worth the wait some of these you know and again man uh, you know the I gotta pat myself on the back the persistence (laughs) the Adam Ray persistence it sometimes is that going to be a cologne that's out next year (laughs) Adam Ray persistence (laughs) when you need someone on your podcast (laughs) just spray I can't laugh hard enough (laughs) Like my oh, dude, an extra space open in my heart, and maybe maybe that's not a good, but it just got filled with a lot of joy. Well, and you could fill it with Adam Ray persistence. <laughs> that's the- from Calvin Klein. Open, <laughs> open your heart. Did the space just open in your heart? Wait, ba bum, ba bum, ba bum. <laughs> that extra space was made for persistence. Yeah, but who would be God. the... I, I, the weird part about perfume commercials... I want a cologne, is, by the way. We joke. I want a cologne. Who doesn't? Who doesn't want to smell like like, like Quick Fat? <laughs> That's the cologne. From the makers of Quick Fat. <laughs> Persistence. Oh, my God. All right. All right. Wait, what are you going to say, though? What you love about cologne? Yeah, well, like, the thing about it is you try to parody a cologne ad or a, or a perfume ad, and it ends up sounding like, oh, yeah, that, that would work. Like, when you did the whole ba-bum, ba-bum, like... 
uh, the, the whole, I mean, the, the, the cologne ads are just ridiculous. With the, I'm not going to be who everyone expects me to be anymore. <laughs> Blue de Chanel. <laughs> Shut up. Now, what would yours be? Uh, wow. Uh, I don't know. I, I mean, do I, do I try to brand myself uh, in, with the special that I have right now on Showtime? Just call everything fun size? Like, I think you do. I mean, hey. And then, Showtime's highest rated special this year, by the way, in 2015. Right. Fun I'm, size. I'm, go see it. If you have not seen it. i myself. Now available on Showtime On Demand. Yes. So uh, even if you have the On Demand app and uh, available shortly on Hulu. So My uh, step-uncle watched it, by the way. He told me when he was in Arizona. Oh, yeah. Uh, and they fucking loved it. Oh, it's so great. Yeah, they invited people over, had like 10 people at the house and watched it. No shit. Just because he listens to the podcast. Eh. So they're coming to Tempe. This guy, he hangs out with my nephew. I'm just assuming your uncle talks like this. No, because... he's actually Hawaiian, so. <laughs> what? Yeah. How do you have a Hawaiian uncle? Step uncle. Oh, step uncle. Yeah. All right. Now, it, I mean, I say uncle because he's uh, he's a great. He's dude, your but, uncle. But if you got to get uh, technical about sure. it, sure. I mean, I mean, my Hawaiian uncle sounds like a great sitcom from the eighties, <laughs> starring Mayim Bialik and Craig T. Nelson as of the course. Hawaiian uncle. As the Hawaiian uncle, so you're like, is he Hawaiian? Is he not? I don't know. Looks like coach to me. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Uh, follow Michael Rappaport on Twitter at Michael M I C H A E L Rappaport R A R A P A P O R T, and of course, check out his documentary Beats, Rhymes, and Life. Check his episode out on Louie uh, and check him out um, in every movie and TV show and you've seen. his podcast is I Am Oh, Rappaport. that's right. God, he's got a killer... You, you, you're going to listen to this and be like, I want to hear more of Michael Rappaport talk and rant. Well, thank God you got an opportunity every week on iTunes, mm-hmm. I Am Rappaport. He's been a guest on Bill Burr's podcast, Bill Simmons. He's just a great conversationalist. And as he, as he told us early on, his, uh, his, his ability to converse and shit talk started at an early <laughs> age. And it's, uh, you'll see that in true form on the podcast. Follow me on Twitter at Adam Ray Comedy. Follow Brad on Twitter at Funny Brad. I will be at the Parlor Live in Bellevue, Washington uh, tomorrow night. And Saturday, had to cancel the show tonight uh, because I'm doing a uh, TBS game show with Eliza Schlesinger, and we have uh, run-throughs before we go shoot the show in Atlanta. Uh, 14 episodes, straight to series. Details, but yeah, that's... I'm going to be a, it's, I'm gonna be a be game show host. Like Wink Martindale. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this so, is huge, though. This is great. Yeah, it's going to be fun, um, and, uh, and hopefully it uh, you know, spreads into some more perks. Maybe a Conan appearance, finally. And I would love to do the couch with Conan and tell. I just I want to Conan for me. I, I don't know who was for you the guy mm-hmm. that you're like that was. I what, watched Conan in college like every night. Yeah. So and the, and I so badly want to talk to him in. I want to riff with him and joke with him and I want him to tag my stories. You know. Right. Uh, I mean, God, <laughs> it seems like you're talking about your long lost father. <laughs> I just want him to tag my stories. <laughs> Please, <laughs> just let him tag my stories. He doesn't he, he doesn't have to show up to all the gigs, but just every now and then. Just he wasn't even around for the stories. ribbon cutting of persistence. <laughs> uh, but I will be at Bellevue Washington Parlor Live, uh, July 10th and 11th. Two shows each night, 7:30 and 10:15. Get your tickets at parlorlive.com. Uh, and then, of course, uh, Laugh Factory Improv Comedy Store in LA. Check out my calendar uh, at adamraytv.com and Gotham Comedy Club in New York City, July 30th. One night only, 8 p.m. New York City Gotham Comedy Club in Chelsea, July 30th at 8 p.m. Get your tickets at uh, at improv.com. Brad Williams, where are you coming up? Holy Toledo. Yeah, I'm doing that joke again. Why not? <laughs> uh, I'm going to be in Toledo, Ohio, uh, July 16th through the 19th at the Funny Bone. Come on out and see me, Ohio. Then 
Montreal. I'm going to the Montreal Just for Laughs Comedy Festival, July 24th through the 28th. The shows I know that I'm on, uh, I'm on the Neil Patrick Harris Gala. So yeah, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be yes. hanging with the MPH. Yes. Uh, so go see those shows, Montreal. And then I'm coming back to Southern California, going to Ventura, California, to the Ventura Harbor Comedy Club, July 31st through August 1st. July 31st through August, I'm sorry, August 2nd at the Ventura Harbor Comedy Club. Come see those shows. And uh, yes, and we we gave out the Twitters. As always, rate the podcast on iTunes. It takes two seconds, man. Go there Love right it. now and subscribe on iTunes. Continue to tell your friends and your family. Uh, we got so many great shows coming up. Uh, so you, you don't want to miss out. You subscribe so you can get the automatic downloads on your phone, on your computer, on your iPad. Whatever you're listening to the pod on, we appreciate it. Uh, the feedback is... You have a Zoom player? <laughs> what? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe you kept that thing around. <laughs> the uh, the amount of people that came up to us at your shows at Irvine Improv were so dope. So many ALN listeners. And uh, we love seeing you guys at the shows. Go on to StoryMerchandise.com and get your ALN merch, your T-shirts, your Ronnie and the Quave mugs, your Titanic shirts, uh, your your uh, your pod shirts. And we'll sign them for you. That's been happening a lot, too. And it's and it's super dope that you so guys are uh, supporting the pod that way. And, uh, and, of course, give it a five-star rating and comment on the iTunes page. It takes two seconds. Do it during the intro. Uh, and save yourself some time so you can enjoy the episode. Now that we got the Twitter handles out of the way, that's all the merch info. Those are the tour date dates. And now sit back, relax, and enjoy a very fun episode of the About Last Night podcast with the one, the only, Michael Rappaport. Well, the weekend's over, so it's time to chat about it. Got a midget and a juice, so why don't you sit down and... Uh, thanks for coming, first of all. Glad to make it. Glad to make it. Sorry it's taking me so long. No, yeah, I was just telling Brad, I go, I think, well, when we met on the first, it was both of our first days on the heat, yeah. right? And we just shot like, I mean, the scene probably took 15 minutes because it was just one. Right. And I remember a good buddy of mine who uh, has is the reason I've seen True Romance probably 55 times. Uh-huh. And it's just like, he goes, uh, you know, he sent me this text. He goes, Michael Rappaport's in the heat. He goes, you going to meet him? And then when I told him, I was like, oh, I don't think we have any scenes together. And then uh, and then after, uh, you know, we shot that one scene. It took like 15 minutes. Right. And it was then, quick. Yeah, it was real quick. And then Mike McDonald went <clears> to go <throat> kick with Melissa. And so you were like, you want to go get some food? And we went to Little Italy and had a nice little bromance date. Yep. Got some, uh, is it, what's it called? Stracciatella? What's the? Stracciatella. Stracciadeli. Stracciadeli, yeah. Good Lord. Um, that, uh, that gelato. Gelato. Basically, if it's not on the menu at the Olive Garden, I don't know what it is. <laughs> yeah, this is definitely a step above the Olive Not many steps, but it's a flavor. It's my favorite flavor of uh, gelato when there's good gelato because they have the whole like little italy over there right oh that everything is that what they call it yeah little italy it was um are you from boston no i'm from seattle right i know you, where are you yeah. from uh i'm from orange county so, oh okay okay yeah so it's really fucking exciting yeah exactly <laughs> so we're complete opposite end of the east coast and you're like mr east coast I'm, in terms I'm of from new york yeah that term East Coast, it, I feel like the origins of that term came from hip hop because before, like, there was the East Coast West Coast rivalry, which mm-hmm. really to me 
was Los Angeles New York rivalry. Yeah, and more and specifically, then, like just Biggie against Pop. Really, yeah, just, like, that was exactly. It. But 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 the whole East Coast West Coast, and I think that because before that it was like you're either from New York or you're not from New York, and mm-hmm. then like you'd start going to like you know the sloppy seconds like Boston and Philadelphia and <laughs> you know Virginia, like all the places that are inferior right. to New York, but 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 <laughs> want to be looked upon the same way. I mean that's just the reality. Like I love all it. those other cities are dope. Baltimore, these are great yeah. city. Philadelphia, I love Philadelphia. Boston, of course, but sure. they've got their own them. flavor. But what is it? But that- East Coast in, 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 is inclusive to all of them. But New York, I mean, there's there's no. I'm not going to go into. I don't do selling about what's so good about New York. It's like it's yeah. the greatest city on the planet. Period, and that's just the way it is. And there's a lot of other great cities. There's a lot of other great cities like Philadelphia, like Boston. I mean, those are like I wouldn't put those in the top five, but you know, like in the world, like you got Chicago, then you go out of the country and you got you know London and Paris and mm-hmm. you know Italy and all that shit. So I'm just saying, Seattle. Yeah, yeah, the great, the great city. But and of course, they got to mention Orange County because the you know, great city of Italy, like, uh, like you mentioned. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so that was like my little New York. Shit. Well, I've always lived my life. I go, hey man, if Charles Oakley lived there, then I know it's a pretty cool place. He did live there. I don't think he lives there anymore. But oh. Charles Oakley did live there. Dude, can I be honest? I he was Charles- one of my favorite basketball players growing up. I wore, I had the Ewings. That was my first pair of basketball shoes. That was like, you know, it was either between the Vladi Divatses. The sandals, the Yugoslavian <laughs> Vladi sandals, or the Ewing sneakers, and I went with the Ewings. It said his name on the back. Yep. Did they have Oakley sneakers? Was that where you were going with that? I, no, I just want to say Oakley was probably my favorite because yeah. I, was I a saw bruiser. him in New York. I saw him in New York um, the day he got traded. He was on the Bulls. I remember seeing him on 77th and Lexington by New York Hospital. No, by Lenox Hill Hospital because I was going to the six train. And me and my friend, we were we saw Oakley like on a probably like on a summer day, like a day like I think you know like it was like after the season, and they were like, and I saw him, I was like, oh shit, we were like, yo Oakley, what's up? And he was like, I got traded, I got traded here, and we were like, oh shit, (laughs) yeah. So before you had breaking news on your phone, you had to literally find the player on on seventy (laughs) seventh in in Lexington. I saw it with me and my friend Gerald. Saw him with our own eyes, how's, Oakley. How how how's that for a tweet? That, That's a good one. <laughs> just saw Oakley. He told me he got traded. <laughs> Breaking news from yeah. Michael Rapport. I know. And, Fuck. And, and, and to say you're a huge Knicks fan, that's like a vast understatement. No, I'm a Knicks fan. I'm a, yeah. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a huge. I mean, I'm a huge Knicks fan, but I'm more of a basketball fan. I mean, obviously Knicks are my favorite team, but I love basketball. I love the Knicks. Um, I, obviously, I want the Knicks to do good, but you know, it's it's like. It's like while you're, you're, you, the love of your life is not willing to commit to you, you, I've sort of been like, well, you know what? You're not going to commit to me, which means you know, winning and you know, playing the best you can build. Draft play, picks, all smart that shit. draft picks. Not I'm going to go out and I'm going to see other yeah. people while you're doing whatever you're doing. Sure. While you're drafting guys that have uh, 97 consonants in their name. Exactly. Uh, I'll come back whenever yeah. you want. But in the meantime, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to look around and, and see, see what's going on. So that, that, that's where I'm at with the Knicks right now. Like, I'm not one of these fans of a team where I'm just like going to ride or die out. Like, I have... To have say in the relationship. <laughs> gotcha. See, so. Well, I didn't know that you wanted to be a pro. Like, we share this in common. Up until, I'd say, eighth grade is when my dream was my mom. I wanted to be a Ninja Turtle or an NBA player or the Ice Cream Man. And right. then that quickly, that was the first dream to go out the window. Right. Because I was like, oh, those guys don't get pussy or make a lot of money. Right. And uh, then, uh. Ice cream men get plenty of pussy. Yeah, all right. Well, Popsicle Joe, yeah. the Popsicle Joe in Lake Forest Park, Washington, did have a, a huge <laughs> cock, apparently. 
But uh, but uh, the NBA, because I, as I've said on this podcast, I was quick fat, right? I was Elijah was my favorite player growing up, so I had footwork, Mike, that you couldn't believe. Really? Still got, still got it, by the way. Playing a comic league. Uh, Ask Mike Young about my footwork. You got good footwork? Yeah. In and the post so, with your back to the basket? Dude, or? see you later, man. Fade away. <laughs> with your back to the basket? Yeah, dude. I respect Back that. Back to the basket. And because I was uh, the biggest sixth grader, so I got the post. And then I loved Bird and Marley right. and Reggie. So I was just shooting threes nonstop every day after and school. And you, you wanted to be in the NBA. Yeah. So I was a big guy. I was a big man that shot threes. If I had... If you would have taken sixth grade Adam and been like, oh, what he is now, if he's 6'10 doing this? It would have evolved. You would have been something. See you later. I'd have my own shoe. I'd have my own breakfast cereal called Ray Flakes. Yep. I'd have all I sorts of... But so uh, that I stopped growing and I plateaued at six feet and a half, six one on my trading card. And, uh, and then I was like, oh, it's not going to happen. I, I can't be a point guard because my ball handling skills was never, were never up to par. Th- those are the, the highest skilled players. Yeah. yeah. When you look at like Stephon Curry or you look at like Chris Paul and you look at like any, any great point guards that are out, out there right now, I mean, he, he, like the skill level, like if you look at the guys like fucking what's his name on, uh, on Houston now. Um, the, the Harden. Point, not no, not forget him. He's like, yeah. um, but but even even the guy that 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 didn't make the playoffs, like he's like five eight. Um, he has like the the hair. Oh, fuck is his oh, name? Ronnie Brewer on the Rockets. No, on the. Uh, uh, fuck, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah. But but I mean, when you look at like dudes like look at like Tyron Lue when he played in the NBA, you're yeah. like he sucks. He ain't shit. Yo, to, in order to be five eleven to play in the NBA, you know you got to be on some other level shit. Yeah, like right. Nate Robinson. Yeah. Yeah. Say what you want about five Nate. foot seven, five foot six. That's a fucking. Yeah. First of all, that's not a guy you want to fight. No. Anybody who's five seven playing in the NBA <laughs> is a legitimate tough guy. Yeah. Yeah. You just have to have like on some crazy shit. Yeah. I'm pr- I'm pretty sure Muggsy Bogues was a Navy SEAL in the offseason. Yo, Muggsy Bogues is five three. I saw Muggsy Bogues at a game. Yeah. What? For the first time this summer, this year at the Knicks game with Larry Johnson. And I told him, I said, yo, you're on some shit. And he's legitimately 5'3". Yeah. For real. Yeah. So, I mean, he didn't just play. Right. He played for like 13 years. Yeah. And it wasn't like I was like a fucking, like it wasn't like a, uh, no, you know, like he, a, he wasn't like the journeyman that, that was always played. on the bench. He, he was, ripped it up. He, he, he was starting. He fed Zoe and Grandmama. I mean, he's... I He's mean, on some shit. I mean, Bogues. basically, what we're trying to say is short people are just better. I get your I, <laughs> tough. I, I, I get your perspective. Tough, yeah. tough, tough. Yeah. <laughs> look, look Not necessarily. I didn't say better. <laughs> I didn't say better all the way, but I would say tough. Like okay. you got to be a fucking beast. <laughs> you know, you look at like these football players. Like he's five seven, one seventy five. Like Allen Iverson was so tough. Like he never even got into beef with anybody when he played. You, if you try to look right. up beef with Allen Iverson, the only person I ever saw him get into any kind of anything with was Dennis Rodman, and that's when you know. And 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 I, I and Rodman instigated it. Sure, but no one wanted. You don't want to fuck around with Allen Iverson. No, it, it, it it's it's like the guy. It's like the tiny guy in the kung fu movie that's just standing there. <laughs> you know when he starts, he's gonna fuck some. He's shit gonna up. tear some shit up. Yeah. By exactly. the way, Brad Williams and Muggsy Bogues, some sort of show. Hollywood, if you're listening, <laughs> get that pair together. Yeah, get that shit going. Muggsy and Will- Muggsy and Brad. Yeah, I mean. Uh, M- Muggsy, Brad, Brad Muggsy, BM, eh, bowel movement. Maybe okay, you, maybe not so maybe much. Maybe you guys are detectives. <laughs> you got to get him on the show, Muggsy. I would love to get him on the show. How many of those players yeah. are you buds with? I mean, the Knicks for I'm sure. Not that fr- I'm not friendly with, I don't have anybody in the NBA's probably phone number right now. For real? But yeah, but, I, but after I'm you cool an MVP them. in the All-Star. In I'm these cool with them, but now? I never try to be friends. Like, I, you know, like I'm friendly, mm-hmm. but, I, but I'm, I never try to be friends. Like, you know, like I'm friendly, like I've had conversations. I see yeah. him, but I, I, I always feel like I always just kind of like 
you just be the basketball player and I just want to be the fan. I don't want to like step unless over they the line. come to you. Even if they come to me, like I've never sort of like you know like I'm you know you you know like if you're like you meet somebody, it's like you know it's kind of like oh what's up, let's hang out, numbers, and then I mean and basketball players are on some other shit. Yeah, I mean. But no, I don't. I don't have any like friends. So you don't want to be texting players. Yeah. So you don't want to be would, texting J.R. Smith. You're I, like, dude. I wish I was texting all of them. <laughs> I wish I was friends with them. I wish yeah. I was like texting all yeah. of them. But um, like I'm I not. hit up Kemp on Twitter once to invite him to a Sean show Kemp? when I was in Seattle because he owns a bar right next. And apparently, he loves comedy and my buddies uh, friends with him. So I hit him up on Twitter. No response. <laughs> really? Detlef Shrimp got right back to me. Did he? Did he come? <laughs> no. no. <laughs> I, I went to basketball camp. I know Sean Kemp. Sean Kemp, really? I know. Yep, yep. I went oh, to basketball you just camp. Became with Sean Adam Kemp. Ray's favorite person. Do you remember in the world? when he was trying to come back? Yes. And get back into the game. I, yeah. I, if he had made it, I wouldn't have been surprised because Sean Kemp is probably. I mean, he had a run where he was living up to his potential. But yeah. Sean Kemp, if he had stayed focused and you know, and he was able to take care of himself, he could have been like a, a Hall of Fame for sure. A thousand. He was percent. ahead of his time. Yeah. Six ten, jump, athletic. Could handle the ball, could shoot. Once he got a jump shot going in '96 uh, against the Bulls in that finals, it was like, "Oh, are you serious? Yeah, this he, guy's going to be one of the greatest ever." Yeah, yeah, he 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 was a motherfucker. Wait, but so, I, I went to basketball. He was 18, and I think I was 16 or 15. Shit. And I remember sitting next to Sean Kemp. Like there was like some, you know, you're, I was at like a, a really competitive basketball camp called Five Star Basketball Camp, and I remember looking over my right shoulder at Sean Kemp, and he had a full goatee, and I was just like, "There's no way <laughs> that you're ever going to play." anywhere near anything that's close to the NBA. <laughs> like, you're so far from being any, in my head. Yeah. Like, I'm looking, this is a grown fucking man, except for he's 18, like he's seven feet, probably weighed about 210 pounds Jeez. at the time. Okay, he, he, maybe he, maybe 205 pounds, and I'm like, fucking slow and Jewish and like I'm not even like thriving in my own division like like I had no, it just was well I mean for the slow Jews you're like top of the for class for the slow Jews I'm good but if there was like a three on three slow Jewish half court league in my prime I would have been good if there was a Shabbat Shalom tournament you and I would rip three it up and three and yeah. three three on three how do we get because you are uh, tall for a uh, Jew and also that's the other thing too when my mom was like you know there's not a lot of Jews in the NBA you don't hear fucking Rosenbaum for three too often on the uh, on the stat Sheet. But like, what was it for you that that just stinted the uh, the dream? Like moments like that. I mean, like I just you know comparing I, yourself to the grades. But just like I, you know, like you start to like think like realistically, like this is not going to happen. And like you know, being fortunate enough to play in New York against and with people that were really, really, really good. Yeah, Kenny Anderson, like watching him play, like and just the street ball in New York, street ball. We didn't call it street ball, like just like the the city leagues in New York. You would see motherfuckers. You played in those games? Oh yeah. Oh what yeah, but I mean, I and I played, and and you know, and there was playing, and then there was really being, you know, a big part of it, and then there was like the the like the upper echelon of it. Yeah. So I I did a little bit of the upper echelon, and but mostly like the lower echelon. But I was around it, like you all, we knew each other, like Kenny Anderson, and you know Malik Sealy, and nice. you know, I mean, there was you know Adrian Autry, and I mean, there was, I mean, it's ton- and dudes that were older than me, man. You'd see guys playing, like, and guys that were that weren't famous, but like. You know, dudes that like had reputa- reputations, like dudes from Brooklyn or dudes from Harlem, and they were just like on some other shit. Yeah. And mm-hmm. these were like you know half ball players, half drug dealers. You know, like just hanger outer dudes that just and they were just on some other shit. So seeing that, you're like, yo, I'm not even the best of this shit. <laughs> like, how the fuck am I gonna play like the best of high school, let alone the like Division one college? Or are you like yeah. you're gonna be in the NBA? You're yeah. like, I better save up to get some season tickets. Better do something. <laughs> better do something because that's just, the only way that's happening. It wasn't happening. But I still love it. And, and and those experiences were uh 
you know, a big part of my life, and they definitely, they definitely, cra- are they crapping out on you? No, no, no. Right. They definitely informed who I am, and yeah. you know, and then, and you know, and still today is a, is a big thing. So what? Uh, so then, so when basketball was not, is that when you got into stand up? When you were like, "Yo, see you later, hoop dreams." I, I, I mean, I, I knew I wasn't going to play, you know, like you know, really competitive basketball probably by fifteen, like fourteen, fifteen, yeah. and then. Were you a funny guy in the games? Like, like, because that's kind of. Like, I was a funny guy on the team, but I yeah. wasn't the funny guy in the games. Like, I don't, I didn't talk shit during yeah. games. I mean, I would talk a little shit, but it wasn't to be funny. It was just shit talking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I was definitely like a, a shit talker on the team. Like yeah. that was like, you know, like that was like kind of like my 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 strength. Rappaport's giving it to him. Yeah. Rappaport, get in there and fuck him up. Yeah. Physically, so, no, just talk to him. Yeah. yeah. Perfect. See, make him feel bad about himself. <laughs> talk about, you know. What, what some, were some of the shit you would say to guys? I mean, I, I mean, I just you know, as far as basketball, like I would talk a lot of shit playing, but but not funny shit. Mm-hmm. Like you know, shit talking, just yeah. whatever, whatever. In the context it was, of the game, in the context of the game, you ain't sh- whatever. Just yeah. you know, really kind of. I would talk shit to my, you know, my coach. I mean, I, I, I just was. It wasn't. It, I mean, but I would talk shit though. I yeah. mean, I still talk shit, but I stopped talking shit now because. When I do come out of retirement now to play every now and then, I'm so out of shape that you you have to make a choice. You're either going to talk shit <laughs> right. and play bad. And back it up. Right, well, fuck the backing it up. Yeah, I'm not okay. worried about backing it up. <laughs> That's not even a – or but, but you could either talk shit and play bad or just – Play bad and not say anything. Yeah, not bring yeah. any more attention to. And yourself. then, <laughs> and then, no one puts it back in your face. If, yeah, if, if 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 you're the guy who's silent without the jump. Yeah, shot. but I could, I could, but I'm pretty good at. T- I could take you out of your game. Mm-hmm. Pretty. That's. Um, I have that. I have that skill set. Was you that know? W- was that something that was like uh, in you when you were a kid? Like, were we always kind of a troublemaker? Just a shit talker. Talk a lot of shit, and and you know, like when that when, you in when I grew, it never got me in trouble. Um. Because I knew who to talk shit to and who not to talk shit to and how far okay. to take it, but I, I, you know, like when, when I, when I, you know, like when I grew up in New York, like you know, like in my little circle, it was either tough guys, uh, you know, dudes who could fight, criminals, basketball players, nerd dudes, and shit talkers, and I could play ball enough, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, like my specialty, like my superpower was <laughs> snapping, shit talking, like that was that's Amazing. what it was. That's what that was like. I, I had enough game to like stay within the game, but like I wasn't going to be known for playing. Mm-hmm. I was known for more talking shit. And you don't realize too until you really. Although actually, actually, I take that back. Kids do recognize who is good at talking shit. Because you know, because it's a, it's a, every kid it's a strength. Yeah. And you and, and as soon as you get to feel like you're a fucking adult, which is way early, because all kids are like, even at ten, are like, man, motherfucker, suck right. my dick, because everybody wants to seem like an adult way early, and they start like jabbing. If you do stand out and you are good at it, then everyone's like, oh shit, like, and then of course people want you around to play. And if you can make people laugh at another person, it's like being like, oh yeah, that guy could beat you up. Oh, so yeah. it's like people like that's like your identity. So yeah. that was like one of. That was probably like my my in in regards to like you know like a street thing a strength that's what I had. So then you you see comics talking shit on stage and go, oh wait, you could do that and like get paid. Well, that that the the, the whole me starting stand up comedy was because <clears throat> I'll I'll make this quick, but mm-hmm. in 1983 actually, which is weird because my son is is 13 now, I came out and visited my sister Claudia in California because I'd gotten kicked out of camps. I always liked movies and liked Eddie Murphy and all that shit, but her, I'll make this quick, her step, her stepfather is Mark Lano, who's one of the owners of the improv. Yeah. Oh, so right. when I was- in, like Bud's partners? Bud's, him, yeah, yeah. Her and him and Mark. So 
And I didn't know this because, you know, we, I didn't know what the fucking improv was. But I come out and visit my sister, Claudia, and we, she would take me to the improv. And I would see stand-up comics. I would see, I saw Keenan and Ivory. The first person I saw was Keenan and Ivory Wayne. And this nice. is 1983. Seinfeld, Leno, Larry David, oh, Jesus. Robin Williams, every single so person. So anybody famous? Of. Yeah, a bunch of nobodies. But I mean, every, everybody. Every, <laughs> literally everybody that was alive. Right. Night after night, Kevin Pollack. Robin Williams? N- numerous times, Jesus, improving with in, in the room with five people in the room. N- wow, many times. What was that like? I mean, you know, it was yeah. fucking Robin Williams. He was off the wall. Yeah. You know, nineteen eighty three. I mean, he was off the wall. He's, he's you know, unlike off- anything you've ever seen. So even yeah, at that was, time, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he was already Robin Williams at that point. Oh, like gotcha, you yeah. know, he was already he wasn't the movie star, but he was Mork and Mindy, and he was yeah. Happy Days, and he was a huge stand. And it was like you know, this is when comedy was in like disco. This is like the boom of comedy. Mm-hmm. And, and so, I mean, it was every fucking body. Anybody and everybody that you could think of. It's amazing. You know, we'd, we'd see. And the improv and the comedy store were the, the two only hot spots. Right. They were the only hot spots. Laugh Factory wasn't there yet. It didn't exist. I'm 13, so I yeah. would just go there and hang out. I didn't know what I would. But in hindsight, I'm like, I realized, because at 13, you're just like, oh, you know, whatever. But So being around that and then loving movies and then when, when my hoop dreams died... I was kind of like I, I want to be a I want to be a comic I want to you know start because I would come out I would come out and visit my sister and, and and stay with her and I was like I want to be a comic I want to be a, and I just started doing it and I got lucky, um, you know from comedy I got um, uh, people would call me in from auditions for acting quickly mm-hmm. that yeah. they, I wasn't a good comic but like so when I started when I started doing comedy '89 this is like Janine Garofalo Norm Macdonald Adam Sandler. Ben Stiller, Judd Apatow. Jesus. I mean, Sarah Silverman, still Keenan and all of them were around. I mean, it was Damon. And, I mean, there was, there was Bill Maher. Yeah. Bill Maher, fucking, I seen Bill Maher do comedy hundreds of times. Literally, 20-minute spots at the improv. Yeah. Hundreds of fucking times. Um, so, but, I mean, you're getting the best training by watching I'm these. just watching it. You know, Dana Gould, all, every fucking body. Yeah, every fucking body. Um but but I you know and I would like who I would like and you don't realize that you're 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 seeing all this like again at the time but so then like eighty nine I got I I started doing stand and then I got called in for auditions and then I started acting and then I soon retired it was a sad day when I announced my retirement <laughs> yeah but but because Bud's been on the podcast and he said that you uh, used to host a lot of shows right Is I that, would MC yeah I would mm-hmm. MC that I was good enough to MC so they would let me MC that was like I was because cool, you know to MC you do like ten minutes yeah sure twelve minutes you had enough jokes but you were kind of the host of the party so you were right, good at yeah. like. Let's bring up a real comic. Hi, I'm Michael Rapport. Let's bring up another real comic. Yeah, yeah. But you know, I could talk. You know, like you get a drink, yeah. talk, talk shit. I could talk shit. You're great yeah. at that. Yeah, yeah. So that that that's that. Yeah. Uh, so and did you have any acting training, or was it really like you started getting auditions and people were like, yeah, you know, you were who you were. I feel like you were so locked into who Michael Rapport was, yeah. was when I was that age. Yeah, yeah. That I was. But I mean, then you start playing variations. But like the first thing I did was a movie called Zebrahead. And and I, that was I was uh, like a, a a more amped up version of that in that movie. But I was you know a kid grew up in New York and you know hip hop and, and and basketball and 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 that shit was like all I knew. Yeah. And and then uh, uh and that's all I cared about. It's all I cared about. And uh, and then you know I got Zebrahead and then you know just I was just lucky. I just start I, I got lucky. I got I got lucky. I, I you know what happened to me you know with working as an actor was just pure luck and good timing. Good time. It was just good timing, really. It's well, really you, you, it. Those two things are such a big part of it. And then also, like I'm sure you were always easy and cool to work with, right? I just yeah. I mean, I didn't think about not being cool. I was so fucking happy to. to I didn't. I mean, I don't see how you couldn't be cool. I'm yeah. just so happy to be there and yeah. gracious and like 
shocked that I was even doing anything on any movie or any TV show, but like movies, like you know, you know, like True Romance. Like I was like, I couldn't believe because you love walking, right? Like he was like, I loved all of them. I mean, Gary Oldman. Like I mean, I'm on the set. How could you not? There's no way I could possibly be an asshole. There is no asshole in me. Like I was just so happy to be there. Are you intimidated when you uh, are on? Because intimidated, excited. Not when I'm working with them. I was never intimidated with anybody when I was working with them. You you put that stuff away, but I was excited. But mm-hmm. you know, I was I was intimidated, like you know, at craft service. You know, I remember the first day we were at craft service. Uh, the first day I saw Christopher Walken was at craft service for, for True Romance. Me and Kevin Corrigan and Kevin Corrigan, like like I am like Pacino, De Niro, and De Niro's like my main main dude. And and Kevin, you know, we've known each other. He's like T- De Niro, Pacino, but Walken is like his main main dude. Like you know that he loves. Yeah, dude. So I remember pulling up. To, to the set and Christopher Walken had a black um a black like overcoat on not a trench coat like a black um you know sort of like a suit jacket yeah. with the, with and we were like oh shit there's Christopher Walken and 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 uh you know he was by the craft the 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 craft service table or the uh, catering truck and and I was like yo you got to go talk to him go talk to him and shit we we still have this conversation <laughs> oh, now yeah. like I was just sure. at the Tribeca Film Festival a couple of weeks ago doing the same thing with De Niro I've worked with him twice I've but I'm always like oh shit of there's course the, it never goes yeah, away you, I you, love him so much and you, and you and you go right back to when you were a kid yeah, and, I, and when you saw him first I never take that shit for granted yeah. when I see those dudes so so that when we first got to the set I remember with walking like he was tripping off of walking Kevin was bugging the fuck out off of Christopher What was Walken. his opening statement? I don't know. He, he, he wanted to connect with him, and it, I know it didn't go as well as he it wanted to. It never does, to. yeah. Of course not, but like I knew better. I don't try to connect with these guys. I just like them. I just want to like carry their bags and shit. Yeah, I oh. met Paul McCartney at the Improv, and when we yeah. left, I didn't know what to say when I left, so I said, hey, man, keep following your dreams. And he looked at me like, what? And I That's was like, funny. I was trying to be funny, man, because I didn't funny. know what to say, you know? Yeah, I mean, you, you, you just let him. I mean, it's like, uh, yeah. it's like uh, if Picasso was around. Like, you're, what, what are you going to say to Picasso? Like, yeah, that you know, you, Are you on Instagram? Like, you know, <laughs> there's no nothing like yo it's Picasso like for me like that's like those like, dudes are like I'm like in, like hey Picasso you're good but have you seen this Mayfair filter exactly like, like, right. like it does some you crazy try to shit put to this pictures on, you should put this on the Weeping Women series it would change the color it would change your world uh, so, so like so like we, yeah. we, when you're on these sets it, it sounds like you're you're just trying to to not get kicked off, like you're just trying to like fool everyone. Like, no, no, I, I belong here. It's no, cool. I, I keep the like. Uh, anybody that knows me, like, will know how excited I am. But when I'm around them, you wouldn't be able to tell. Like when yeah. I'm working, right. when I'm working, like, and you know, and 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 you know, the the most important thing when you're working with somebody that is great to you or that you love or that you admire. It's just like you got to bring it to them 450%. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so, like, I knew that. Like, I knew, like, the fandom and all that shit. Like, the first, like, I was doing Copland, like, Stallone. Yeah. was like my Go guy. That Rocky. Cast. I mean, that was fucking Stallone. The and first day Kytel. was Kaitel and um, Ray Liotta. The yeah. first day was Jesus. me. Is Harvey Kaitel? No, it's me, uh, uh, Ray Liotta, and Stallone delivering me to, to De Niro. <laughs> Like the, that was that like, sounds like the greatest mushroom trip ever. <laughs> yeah, they're like delivering my character to De Niro. That's like it's the end scene. It's a huge thing at downtown in Manhattan, and the whole fucking city's blocked off, and everybody knew about Copland, and like you know, like so. But in my inside, like in my trailer, like I had a like I was keeping like I, I journal sometimes, but I was like you know la 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 la. I can't fucking believe because first of all, Stallone Rocky is like the first to me. Sure. That's like literally like I saw Rocky in the movie theater like. 20 something times for real in the movie theater. There was wow. no DVD. Oh like, my God. so like Stallone was like, he's like 
my first love. Like I, the first movie character that I fell in love with was Stallone in Rocky. Yeah. Totally like knocked me off of my fucking feet. Like not like I, I was the, the performance. Like I just like was like, I fell in love. Like some people, like I fell in love with RT, R2D2 or ET or yeah. Jaws or, or, or Batman. Harry, or Harry from Harry and the Hendersons. Whatever the fuck sure. you're into. But like that <laughs> was like no judgment here, Adam, the right? biggest thing for me. So to be working with him something, something years later, I was like, but, I, but when I meet him, I just give him five and, you know, and I, what's up, how you do? I don't say so anything. Cool. So nobody ever in your, I mean, no acting teacher or parent or whoever was like, yo, play it cool. You just figured out. You were like, I knew oh, to play it cool. Yeah. But the thing with Stallone was with one Copland, somehow we got around talking about Rocky and by, by oh my god I would do lines yeah. with him from every single Rocky movie <laughs> I wouldn't just do Stallone like I would do Stallone lines and he would do like Burt Young like Paulie lines <laughs> and, and by the by like a couple of weeks into it the director James Mangold was like do not fucking talk to him don't speak to him don't talk to him about <laughs> Rocky serious? yeah he was like and I was like all right, all right. But we <laughs> would do lines and then and then he would do lines to me and I was like I'm just trying to you know like I didn't wait he would Totally he loved it, it though, right? Yeah. Loved it. Because how many of those? I mean, when people do it to you for movies and shows, I don't you... mind it if, if somebody wants to do it to me. But I mean, this was like me doing Rocky lines. With there was him. no way you weren't gonna not do this to him at some point. No, right? no, no. I knew. Well, I didn't do it to De Niro, but he has a different disposition. Right, right. Mm-hmm. If if there was any way in hell that I could do it to De Niro. I, he would wind up. He would wind up regretting it. So if he gave me that in, like it would never end. So like, he's less less approachable than Stallone. He's just like he's approachable. He's he's cool. He's nice. He just doesn't want to talk about Taxi Driver, Raging Bull, or Goodfellas. Right. You talk to him about other shit. Yeah, talk about Steel Magnolia, Space Jam, and maybe Goodfellas. not even that yeah. shit. Like you know, you gotta like pick your spots. But yeah. it's just a different position. Rocky and Bullwinkle. Yeah, well, exactly. What's up? Exactly. <laughs> you, you, you know, I think that was after that. So so anyway. So like, but but but. You know, it, it was you know like I cherish those moments and I still don't take them for granted. Like, how like, do you even bring like so? Do, what so does Stallone do one of his lines from Rocky? Go no 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 like this here. I'll do you. You do Paul. We, we got to that. We got to that. <laughs> we we got to that point where he would straight up do Paulie lines to me and I would do Rocky <laughs> lines back to him, or I would throw oh, a Rocky shit. line to him and he would do a Paulie line See, back to me. That's like that's so insane to me because I was that, tripping. That's what you all want to do. Like I ran into Lawrence Fishburne three days ago and I just wanted to talk to him about the Matrix. That's all. See, that's all I, I wanted he would to do. do it though. And, and, and we talked for a little bit. He was so cool. Yeah, he's cool. I, 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 Where did you never, see him? Is it a grocery store or car wash? I uh, saw him at the uh, Magic Castle. Yeah, he doesn't. Is he eating? No, he's uh, he's getting a bar, getting a drink at the bar, drinking scotch. Nah, he might not want to talk about the Matrix there, but <laughs> but I'm not saying he he I'm not saying he won't. But you gotta you gotta catch him when they're you know. But he did talk about Pee Wee's Playhouse to me, and that was insane. <laughs> it's enough. <laughs> when, 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 when he's like, man, I'm drunk now, but even when I was sober. When you walk into work and there's a chair right. waving his arms and That's talking crazy. to you. You're like, man, I'm all, this. Some, this is a crazy shit town. Yeah. He's a motherfucker, man. <laughs> yeah, we uh, we had uh, Danza on the podcast, right? Oh, we went okay. out to New York and got him, and didn't talk any who's the boss on the pod, but like afterwards, like just because I was a fucking big fan of that show, and like at, and asked him a couple questions, and he like very politely, like we didn't get into a lot, but I was just like, I was like, man, that was that show, just what a what a crazy ride, huh? He goes, I made a lot of dinners. <laughs> I'm sure, and I was like, I'm sure. All right, cool, man. That was Did like he talk about taxi. A little bit, yeah. On the podcast, he did, yeah. Just about uh, well, his story of like becoming, you know, right. getting pulled out of yeah, the ring yeah, yeah. to that show. Yeah, no, he's cool. He got would, a cool career. He would bring his fight posters 
to like rehearsals and stuff, and even like the auditions, being like, I know I'm here for the audition, but uh, I'm fighting next week. Right, and they're like, cool. So even if this doesn't go well, I can at least (laughs) sell some tickets. Yeah, 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 yo, hey, it's a hustler right there. It's a fucking American dream right there. You know, (laughs) like yo, Tony Danza, man. You people, you know, they sleep on. They sleep on Danza. If you're not, you know, I mean, Tony Danza one time was one of the biggest stars in the world. Yeah, dude. Period. Yeah. Period. So it's like fucking. It's like you know uh, Henry Winkler. You know, you see him like younger kids. They see him. You, you guys probably you see. I him know in- Winkler personally. His son was in my fraternity at USC, I and him. I worked for him on Hollywood Squares. Did and you really? They're trying to get him on the show, and he yeah. he was the first guy called. The first TV jo- uh, job I booked was according to Jim, right? Sitcom, drink two, and, uh, drink two. Anytime <laughs> I reference that show, and so I called Winkler for you know advice because he was he was that invited. Yeah, for he's me. cool. He's like anything, anytime you need anything, Adam. You give me a call. You ask me what you need. Yeah, I will. You know, I'll try. I'll do my best. So he leaves me his voicemail. I'm pulling onto the lot, and he goes. Adam, it's Henry Winkler. You're going to be great today. Treat Mr. Belushi like an emperor. You're not there to fill space. You're there for a reason. If you think of something funny, say it. Uh-huh. If you don't, just do your job. That's cool. All the best. And then like, I just heard rain in the background for like that's, 30 seconds before the message. <laughs> While he's trying to figure out how to shut off his phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like, the Fonz, I, But man. another dude yeah. that just like... Uh, Yo, the Fonz was... Henry Winkler was the biggest star in the world at one point. Yeah. What was that like? I mean, seeing that character just fucking Fonzie and shit, man. It's hard to it's hard to articulate what it is today because, to, like back at that point with television, there yeah. wasn't that many things you could fall in love with. It's like you right. watched ABC, you were, and you were watching. A- you were like an Andy Griffith guy or a Happy Days guy. Yo, and Fonzie <laughs> was it. Yeah. That was for, for that was the fucking. Dude, well, and now Fonzie, and now do you like? Is it weird knowing that uh, you're coming up with these, these these characters that like you used to idolize, watch TV, and now and now people watch you on the TV or movies, and they think like, dude, that dude's cool. Like someone else is having I take those that moments. Shit. If people have those moments or any kind yeah. of anything with me, I always, I, I I never ever ever. I try. I hope I never do take that for granted because it's such a like you know a gift. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, and, 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 you know, it's like being like in show business and being an actor and like being a person and like, you know, just in general, like, you know, just to be able to have some sort of longevity and like where people were resp- like, you know, people say, well, do you mind getting recognized and all that? So like, I'm like, if I was doing this shit for 25 years, I've been doing almost 25 years and, and I'm not getting recognized at this point, then I got a bigger fucking problem. It's like wait, <laughs> and it's like my kind of fame and like. Leonardo DiCaprio fame is like a whole other fucking thing. Like that's right. a famous person. You're you're the guy where it's like, hey, that's that's. The I dude. can move around. Like Leonardo comes and like people are like, you know, shut down. They're store. fainting yeah. and shit. Like yeah. people are like thinking they're seeing like a ghost. It's like that's like a whole other or like Jay Z fame or yeah. Brad Pitt fame. Like these are motherfucking like people that are famous. Like you know, like oh shit, right. you know, like they have they can't just go anywhere. Right. That's like that's tough, and, and and you're friends with these guys, so you've so you've experienced sort of both sides, where you where you can kind of dip your toe in the pool a little bit and like hang out with them and go, oh wait, that's what that life is. That's some other shit, like yeah. or, or even like Robert De Niro, like you know that like the effect and the inspiration that he has. Forget on actors, just like Joe Schmo sees him, like they're gonna be like, Dah. you know, he means that much. Like this is an American treasure. Al Pacino, Robert Duvall, Dustin Hoffman, like these are treasures. Like yeah. when people see them, like they're like, you know, they're, you know, like they, it's like seeing like Kennedy or somebody. It's yeah. like seeing somebody big. Right. You know, so that's a whole other level. Are you, uh, mm. are you like that with, uh, I saw some interview, <clears throat> you were on Snoop. Uh, I didn't know Snoop oh, had yeah, a, yeah. 
<clears throat> was it like a uh, talk show that he was doing? Yeah, he's got a talk show. He's got his own like uh, incredible. online show. And yeah, that was fun. And I'm seeing it and being like, <clears throat> I'm like, yeah, of course Snoop should have a talk show. Like he should have, and it shouldn't be on YouTube. It should be on fucking yeah, NBC. I know, yeah. whatever. But it um, should be on NBC, right? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> they should they should have Snoop <clears throat> take over anything that Donald Trump was doing on NBC. Snoop Dogg should <laughs> do that. Shit. Oh wow! <laughs> like whatever the fuck Donald Trump was doing, because that all it'll not only be good for business, but it, like Donald Trump will be he'll be so baffled by he'll, that. Oh, so bad. He'll be like, what the and fuck? So like, so like instead of you're fired, he's like. Go out the dizzle for rizzle. Whatever it is. Yeah, and you're just like, okay, sure. Put, put that Dogg. on T-shirt. Snoop, you're like you're the apprentice starring Snoop Dogg. Is oh, he that done. fucking good? Dude, I have buddies that have smoked with him and just say like he's just like, uh, again, like other level, cool, like just, uh, I mean. I mean, I think. It seems like you guys have good rapport. I think the thing about fucking Snoop Dogg is like he's so famous and so recognizable. Yeah. And there's only one Snoop Dogg. Yeah. And like, even if you don't love, love, love his music, you still love, love, love songs. And there's just something about him that is just like he's just a one, he's just a one of a kind. Mm-hmm. He's there's only one Snoop Dogg. Like there's never going to be another person who looks like him, came from the era that he came in. His just whole fucking thing is just it's just totally him. Yeah, that voice, that the whole like, shit, body shape, thin, like his whole his whole fucking program is just a one-off. Another guy I think like you that was just locked into that type like he just was like, "Oh, I'm he figured out who that Snoop would Snoop probably like age 10. Snoop is Snoop. There's no fucking <laughs> other Snoop. Like Snoop Dogg is He's a motherfucker. Like, he's humongous. Like, yeah. he's iconic. He, I wonder, does he... Like, talk about somebody... Like, they give people uh, stars on the Walk of Fame, because yeah. I'm looking at this post you have up here, like, mm-hmm. who are not even on the fucking... Like, in the same category as Snoop Doggy Dog. And, like, Snoop Doggy, especially from L.A., he should get a star on the Walk of Fame. should be one of the first guys to get one. Like, sure. and as far as, like, the next generation of yeah. people... Like, it shouldn't just be like, I got a show, and like, you know, the CBS show that's on for, you know, 11 years. Like, yeah, Snoop Dogg needs to get the next star on the Walk of Fame. Sure. Well, it's a, it's all a, like, there's a bunch of it that's like a PR thing where it's like, hey, this person's get, getting their star on the Walk of Fame after a week right. after their show debuts right. on CBS. Right, like, or okay. when your movie's coming out. Yeah. Or even like Fred Flintstone. Love me some Fred Flintstone, right. but hey, man, did he come out with a fucking... Uh, Snoop, is he Snoop Dogg? Is he Snoop Dogg? <laughs> did Fred Flintstone do a, do a gin and juice? No. No. He's not Snoop Dogg. <laughs> Uh, and you were there when, like, when you met Snoop, is when Snoop met Tupac. When I met Snoop, I met. Did yeah, when I met Snoop, Snoop, I had already met Tupac. But the night I met Snoop, Snoop, yeah, they met. I saw them. Meet, I saw them actually meet. By the way, Snoop that you yeah. were flipping up on. Yeah, that was the alias that Snoop went under yeah, well, at the yeah. hotels exactly. when people didn't want to Snoop. find him. <laughs> but yeah, yeah I met, so I, far off, no one would have ever figured I it never. out. Is Snoop Log staying like in this him. building? It looks like them. <laughs> but, like, you witnessed them meet. That's like seeing Lennon, or, uh, Lennon and McCartney. Uh, it was and, big. McCart- like, you huge. knew, like, I knew it was something. Like, you, you, like, you know, you, like, at the time, Tupac, they were finishing up Poetic Justice and, like, watching, like, I saw them meet. I saw them battle with each other, like, Shit. rap. Like, I saw it right in front of my face. Oh, and God. I remember being like, like, you knew you were seeing something cool. And then I saw them, like, shake hands. And then you know, there's a picture from that night, and it's me, it's me, Tupac, Ice Cube, and John Singleton at the Poetic Justice. Holy shit! One remember, of these is not like the other yeah, ones. It was, <laughs> it was cool. It was cool. I mean, and it was something I always remembered, you know, knowing, like seeing, because you knew that Snoop Dogg. This was only when his first song had come out, and Tupac was, you know, he wasn't at the, you know, like the the hectic 
part of his life and you just knew like these were special people and like you know and like they were important you know artists and like i and just some like you'll never forget and i don't have i'm not like a great i don't have a great memory like some people have you know dates and you know visuals and he was wearing a blue shirt and a red shirt and it was a tuesday like some people had just have but that i remember like distinctly and knew like it was something special, like I was yeah. seeing it. Like you didn't want to forget it. Well, also, don't you feel like you've probably had just countless experiences like that to where it's like, how are you supposed to, unless you're journaling everything, like remember, I mean, I'm sure when you sip like conversations or, or you know, excuses like a podcast really like revisit something like yeah. probably brings it up for you more. But, but I there... wish I had one of those memories. You know, like some people have memories like they'd be like, I remember when I was talking and, yeah, you know, dude. some people just. <clears throat> they remind you of stories you were a part of and you're like, oh, I can't, like, I yeah. can't that believe happened? that I was there. Yeah. 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 I, or yeah, I, I, but you've all, but like you, you've always been interested in hip hop. It seems like that's yeah. all, that's always been like when, like what were your earliest memories of hip hop being in New York? I mean, my earliest memories when my father brought home a promotional copy of Rapper's Light in 1979, and like I just was like Sugar Hill Gang. That was it. Yeah, it was literally that was it. And and then from that point, you know, other records in the radio. And being out in the park and hearing it in, on the radio or in cars and and, you know. and and I think also being in New York where a lot of, a lot of these guys are coming from and where it's being born yeah essentially between uh, was it DJ Cool Herc yeah yeah, yeah yeah like yeah like back in the day like that's that's where it got going so yeah. you were there when it really started I, I was listening to it I mean there those guys are a little older than me but I, you know I wasn't like in the fucking hood I was 13 I mean mm-hmm. I was like 9, 10 you know and, and, but you know like by the like, time I was like 12, 13 like I started to be you know like in the neighborhoods and shit and, and you know you see people DJing and, and then you know like when I was 14, 15 about 15 we started going to clubs mm-hmm. and that's when you were like but but the music and the excitement of it was 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 like what you talk about Twitter like the the excitement of like hearing a song was like if your fucking shit you know was like you know trending on Twitter like right. if you heard you know the fat boy singing you know like on the radio or if you heard like the freaks come out at night by Houdini if you heard like the new Run DMC song or then you had mm-hmm. the tape and like like your shit blowing up on Instagram or your Vine being on Best Finds like like having that experience was like it was like you're frozen in time right. moments yeah. and shit like and it was that exciting that, and because th- we don't really have because everything's so instant nowadays yeah you can find you any can't song have, yeah you, you can't have that moment of like just driving in the car and all of a sudden that's the right. song I wanted right. to hear right. and also hearing like people talk about being somewhere because now it's like oh I missed out on that crazy moment well whatever man I'll watch it tomorrow yeah, you online you know you're gonna see and it that, and it's like no, and, but there was that time where it was like oh you d- unless you were there to see it I know it, like, I know and, 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 and you know and it's like it's just, you know, I think that... There's pros and cons to there's it. There's pros and cons to it. There's pros and cons to it because you're like, well, you know, if, if this so this incident, you know, like if they are, there's no video footage of oh, it. Oh, yeah. When I miss a Blake Griffin uh, alley-oop and I can see it that night immediately because there's everyone's posting a little quick clip, I'm like, I'm so pumped about that. Yeah. But at the same time, it's, I mean, shit, man, like hearing the actual story from the folklore. person. Folklore. Yeah. You know, they're, 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 of... you, can't really, you can't really lie about anything. And you're like, folklore, like you'd hear about, talk about basketball, like <laughs> Dr. J would do this. And oh, yeah. It was you can go from half court, man. Yeah. Yeah. Half court. Right. Yeah. right. And, but now it's like, yeah. you know, you, like everything, you have everything. So there's good and bad, bad to it. But like, there's something about like, you know, hearing about something and, and, and it's sort of, you know, becoming its own sort of sort of tall tale right because there's a sentence that you never hear nowadays which is dude i was there 
Right. Like, you never hear someone say, dude, I was there. Because right. they're like, well, I was there, man. Watch it on Periscope. Yeah, so like, exactly. Right. Yeah. Fucking Periscope. <laughs> dude, what? <laughs> yeah, it's like, involved, is your 13-year-old all up in that? I'm and, a and by the way, all up in by the way, I just said, "Is your 13 year old all up in?" No, you so know. Like, which, thank God, we're referencing Periscope, <laughs> and do not isolate that audio and play it back at your next trial. Right, <laughs> right. That's like the the that'll be like incriminating. <laughs> yeah, they're all into all that yeah. shit, man. The kids are. My, How can they not be? It's it's because it, they're growing up with it. It's like I my uh, uh, buddy's uh, daughter's 15. All she does is communicate through Snapchat. I'm like, she was like, "What are you doing?" I was like, "Texting." She goes, "A person." I was like, what? they don't even they don't even text she anymore. She was just sending pictures back and forth. She'd send like a duck face picture. That's like a that's like a, that's like a whole paragraph, yeah, right? Yeah. You send like yeah. They translate. <laughs> they talk to each other. Another. I go. What was the photo? She goes. He asked me what I was doing, so I took a picture in front of like the food. I was like, and he's just supposed to like. It's like a game show. Like right. you have to put the pieces together. No, they right. they're speaking like that's like three. That's like a whole fucking like that's like five minute conversation. Yeah. Like yeah. that one picture. Yeah. yeah. Like push. It's some other shit. I don't know. You know whatever. Periscope. I mean, I, they're all involved with it. Yeah, I mean, Periscope, but it's like you know, like if we periscoped right, what the fuck? It's like what? it's yeah. a one-way conversation, and it's everything's like the heart. I, I don't know. It's cool, but it's like, I mean, I'm down with it, whatever. I, don't, I support all that shit, but it's like, what the fuck? Yeah. Man? Also, you're you're We're on starting t- to get to old man, get off my lawn time. Fuck, man. <laughs> well, you're yeah. on Twitter. I mean, like that's, I'm on Twitter. Yeah, yeah I, I like think Twitter. that's enough. If you got one, and you ha- and you know, I think you. Have to more or less if you're in this business, right? Like because you, you got don't fans, have you gotta. To. Co- you don't I mean, have to. You connect with fans that way, right? It's like crack, though. It's like a drug. It's like once you start, it's like you, it's it's really riding the white horse. You're never getting off that horse. You yeah. uh, tweet a lot with, uh, I mean, what mostly hoop related stuff or what? Hoop. I talk shit. You know. I. I you know, just general shit like basketball. Basketball definitely. I. I, I get some of my. You know, like I get m- 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 most inspired. Now, did that Basketball, s- music. I get I get inspired about music. So you okay? So that's where you like continue to talk shit is through. If you're not doing it on the court as much, then you do it via. I, I, I am. Yeah, I go crazy. Like the <laughs> have playoffs. Have you got, had any beef with people? Like straight no, up? Like no, I haven't had any beef. No, there's no. It's never personal. Yeah. It's not personal. But I mean, it's definitely. You know, I, I'm just a fan. Now, like I'm mm-hmm. not a, like I'm not I'm not talking about your mom and all that shit. But like I'm just a fan. Like it's on court shit. Yeah. Like it's, or or like the 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 the, the fashion. I, I got like the way motherfuckers are dress dressing the NBA. I mean, they're young though, so they could do. It's like they're probably like shut the so, fuck up. So when J, so when Jr. Smith comes rolling in on that little segue, I that, go, I'm, like, I'm all in. That like <laughs> doesn't have any handles on. It. You're like, what the fuck? Well, my my thing about the the segue when he came in on the segue was yeah. like, what would what would have happened to Jamal Wilkes if he did that with the Lakers, or what would have happened if like John Sally did that when he was with the Detroit Pistons, or like wow. what yeah. would have what would have happened then, or yeah. like if like let's say let's go back to the old Knicks, like if if like Clyde Frazier did that when you know Willis Reed would have fucking he would have stopped like what, what would Danny Ainge would have came in on what are those scooters called? Uh, they're, they're called Funky Ducks. Okay, if Danny Ainge, imagine, that's a, that's a thing. Because and the only reason why I know that is because I want one. Imagine <laughs> imagine 1985. It's a Sunday game at Boston. Yeah. Garden and Danny Ainge comes in on a fucking <laughs> and, and and like he rolls past Larry Bird, Kevin McHale, and Robert and acts Patrick. like it's no big deal. And yeah. you know, he, guys, he's not not as a, not as a night. He's going wee. It's like a fucking kid on a on a fucking big wheel. What's gonna happen to Danny Ainge? You're gonna like like Kevin McHale's gonna stomp your ass, or they're gonna send you the fuck home. Like you're not playing today. What do you mean? I was just go home. We don't want anything to do. So like like J.R. Smith doing that. I was like you know. 
It's not fucking Christmas. Like you could get away with doing that if you're an NBA player. Like the Christmas Day games. Yeah, right. Like right, that'd right. be the only day would be acceptable. But, but also if you during the up, fucking finals. Yeah. yeah. During the finals. Wow. The 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 the, the, the best part slash saddest part is when he was when the Cavs lost and then it showed him exiting the building on this little scooter. Get the fuck out of here. Yes. And, and, and his head. No, he down. didn't. No, he his didn't. Heads down. You got to show me that footage. I will. Find that is it. fucking. <laughs> that is fucking mortifying. I didn't see that. His head's down, and when he was going into the building, he was zipping oh, around. Oh, he had on, if you check it out, he had he's, on like, he had on like a, by a plaid shirt on. Yeah. He was like, he's, somebody dressed him up in like, you know, like a Kurt Cobain outfit. I mean, so, like, and but JR is so, such a, specifically, he's so frustrating because he could be so great all the time. He just, he just doesn't seem to want to be great all the time. Yeah. It's, I think there's a. Uh, it's an unfulfilled talent, and, and like you know, like you, you know, it's like you, you're not living up to your potential. And like he is so talented as a basketball player, and like I break his balls, but like as a basketball player, he could be so great. And like you just get concerned, like do you know this isn't going to last forever? Yeah. Like do you know that like in five years yeah. you're never going to be able to do this again? Yeah, sure. Enjoy well, this shit. I mean, maybe that's why he's riding the Funky Duck because he's like in five years. I'm, wow. I'm, I'm, I'm the not Funky Duck. He can always sure. ride the fucking Funky Duck, but the finals, <laughs> game three of the finals, you're riding it on a fucking a fucking big wheel. By the way, I think I tried to do the Funky Duck during a roller skating party in seventh grade, and I was uh, oh, it, yeah. it, it, it's a horrible. You know, put it up, food. put it up later. Can yeah. I get some more water? Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah, um, Neil, uh, Neil Brennan uh, told me he's a uh, buds. Thank you. Uh, Blake Griffin and told me that uh, Blake was telling him that there's basically like this breakup between NBA players where there's like a group of guys that are just like living off their natural talent and don't put in any more than that. Right. And then guys that like kind of that don't have that weren't blessed with the freakish skills and bust their ass to be right. like good enough. And then there's the guys like Blake and Paul and LeBron who that are great and want to be great and want to be great. Yeah. And uh, and that's the NBA. Yeah, I, I get it. And I mean, so Jr. It, for sure probably falls in that like oh he's supernatural got, talent. Yeah, and it's just like cool, man. I'm gonna like pop eight threes a game, and guess what? If I make eight, then yeah, man, right. get on my back for a, yeah. a couple more games, maybe. I don't know. I mean, I, I I don't know. I mean, who the fuck knows? If I was in the NBA, what what what, what my personality? Who's to say that I'm <laughs> by the being, way, I'm being the best me in what I do? By the way, how often do you think about that? Fuck. <laughs> I do think about. I I I do I do have. This is true. I do have. I haven't had one in a couple of months, but I do actually truly have dreams to this day that I'm playing in the NBA. Like straight up dreams. Like. Wow. That I'm like on a team or like, now like in a, a legit game or like in a legit game or like I've in the those. movie Eddie and Whoopi Goldberg is your coach. No, no, no. <laughs> like straight real. Like I had one this year that I I made my first, like in the beginning. I remember I had one that I like made a simple dunk down the lane with my left hand. I had that dream at the Garden, and then I had another oh one that God. I was at the Garden. I was for, I was playing for the Knicks, and it's not always the Knicks. It's not always the Knicks, but these two happen to be Knicks uh, dreams that I was playing for the Knicks, and I couldn't find my way to the arena. Like I was in the arena. I'm sorry, I couldn't you were find my way to, to the, play. No, I couldn't find my way to the court. So from the locker room to the court, I got lost. <laughs> oh, dude, that's <laughs> so a nightmare. I know. So it was like Spinal Tap, but the NBA. Yeah, version. exactly, exactly. And so exactly. they're like calling, they're even they're announcing like, your name, starting yeah, lineups. Yeah, like I'm gonna get kicked off the fucking team like i can't you know and i, I knew i had no business and they were like fucking you know you you just don't make the keep low low uh low mistakes and keep and i was gonna play and i just didn't make i didn't make it to the court now, i woke up now how come you weren't in the movie eddie you had to have been offered a part fuck well, I, what, what, what was eddie i don't eddie, know why Whoopi goldberg remember she um 
Brad, she win the team? No, she she uh, she, uh, she hits like a half court shot. Oh, yeah. and, and then coach the and team. And then she could coach the Knicks. Yeah. Shit, I don't even know. And is, that's not the one with Billy Crystal as the ref, right? That's Forget Paris. That's a great movie. <laughs> is it? <laughs> yeah, incredible. Deborah Winger. I just watched it a couple nights ago. Is it again. basketball though? He's no, a ref. So good. It's because it's the only, by the way, it's the only movie I think or documentary, and I feel like because you crush your thirty for thirty. Uh, uh, when I the garden like, was eaten. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. unbelievable. Uh, Great. About uh, being a ref, dude. Why hasn't that been explored? This Billy. Crystal- I want to do a, a doc about it. I want to do a. I, I want to do a doc. Here's the, here's what I've been si- sitting on called "Kill the Ref," all about referees and like you know like every sport. Just like uh, just sort of like to to jump into, or I want to do one. I'll put this out there on Tim Donahue, the the NBA yeah. ref, yeah. the gambling ref, so the, ga- the gambling ref. I, I, I like he says that. he didn't he, he didn't gamble. It was just a, just an isolated. Yeah, how would you incident. approach that? I mean, he you'd have to reach get... out to him. I re- I already reached out to him. I, I reached out to him. We I haven't like I, I've had a couple of emails, but I'm putting this public out there publicly out there that I do want to do that as a, as a documentary. That'd I would be, be really unbelievable. Yeah, I would Why? love that. That's such an untapped. There's world. some kind of thing I think about refs like they're not allowed to speak like there, there's something there must be because if we have basketball wives why don't and that's a show why don't we have oh, fucking yeah. nba refs yeah, and you follow them the, around you Absolutely. notice like espn doesn't talk there's a rule like as far as specifically basketball like there's a rule they like, can't talk to the media because they're, they're like you i I'm, I'm like they probably can't do podcasts they like, have to say neutral just on yeah, like they have to like not be involved in all that shit they, but like there's retired ones there's retired refs and there's retired boxing refs i'm sure there can't be a sanction on boxing refs no Cause that's a fucking what kind of fucking sport is that? Boxing? You like boxing? <laughs> no. Yeah, well, of course you don't. But why should you? I mean, it's like boxing. It's gonna be like literally like lacrosse in twenty years. It's gonna be like only so just people that rich like lacrosse. White kids from Connecticut? No, just like you know, how, like if if you like lacrosse now, there's a there's a, probably there's a there's a fan base for lacrosse. Right. Those are gonna be the people that watch boxing. Like yeah. just the pe- like it's gonna be like a sub sub because the way it's going and and the sport itself. And I would rather watch. Competitive bobsledding than boxing. Really? And that's all, well, because Cool on. Runnings is a great movie. That's true. <laughs> and that's really. What Are you me. in the UFC and shit? No. Are you? I mean, Ka- Callan got me into a little bit because he's right, so right, right. fucking. By yeah. the way, I Has love. Has he come that- on here, Brian? Not yet, man. We've tried a bunch, but I love that it. motherfucker. Listen to me. Callan, don't break their fucking. He doesn't want to come on, Callan. That we motherfucker. Have, we haven't worked out. He's been on the road a lot. Nah, yeah. I'll fu- you got to get him. When he's funny. You met him right after, or you were about to meet him right when we were uh, when we met because you were about to go do my man in yeah, the loser yeah, with yeah, Mike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you'd already knew. No, you, I, kn- I knew, you knew Mike. Stamos. Yeah, I didn't know Stamos okay. much, and I didn't know Callan, but I like him. He's funny. Uh, he's the best. man. You know, it's when I did when I, I've been so out of the comedy thing when I was doing. When we were doing the heat, I didn't have a fucking. I was like to Bill Burr, I was like, "What are you doing?" He's like, "I'm a comic," and I was like, "Oh shit!" Oh, and I, I was so out of the loop. And you were telling me that about Bill because I was telling you how like great he was. But that, what Burr, you still? Didn't... I didn't have a fucking clue. And then he's like selling out theaters. And I know, and I was like, "Oh, you're a comic," and like, "What are you doing?" Like, "Oh, yeah, you're like, like, oh, hey, hopefully this is your big break for I, you, yeah, buddy." I was like, "Where do you do it?" And it, it's <laughs> where do you do? Where it? do you do it? Like, Her, are you do like are you doing like Carnegie Hall? I know, I know. Trust me, trust me. I was like, I later on, I was like, oh shit this motherfucker is funny but it was just because you know i i sometimes like isolate and shit and this was sure. kind of before his netflix shit were big yeah. Yeah, so if yeah. you didn't catch it but and i just didn't know what was up with him i i told him later like i didn't know what was up with you but like and i was like you know he he his podcast was the first part he'd come on my podcast like well how do you even have a podcast i don't even know who the fuck you are <laughs> But, it's but, so funny though because as much uh, as there is opportunity and everything is so accessible, you can still when of I course. when I hear people, you know Sebastian Maniscalco. Have you heard of him, the, comedian? the comic? Yeah. I I, ju- I only heard of him just by happenstance. Right, he's huge, right? Huge, yeah. yeah. Uh, he's I'd, I'd say uh, about it, Burr's. Uh, I mean, Burr, he, Bill is crushing it. with the yeah. acting stuff now, so it's like. 
uh, I'd say a little bit more. But I mean, again, there's unless you really going out of your way, or, yeah, or yeah. you're living in that world. Yeah, you, know? you can miss We're it. We're in comedy all the time, so when right. somebody doesn't know somebody, I'm like, how do you not? But right. like you just did a Louis show. And yeah, yeah, yeah. So right. great. I had never seen. To be honest, I never saw the Louis show. I I seen. But that's not of, crazy. There's so much TV. I know. I know. You were I watching Honey his, Boo Boo. The Honey Boo Boo. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I, I was. Uh, I was. Uh, I, I seen his comedy, yeah. and I was very aware of the show. I just had never seen it. Right. Yeah. So great, great part too. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, he's. I mean, talk about somebody who's, he's really talented. Yeah, and it seems like that show just films kind of like almost guerrilla style. Where Very guerrilla style. Because like you guys are on the street and mm-hmm. it seemed like things were blocked off. See, like It's almost like doing like an independent, it's like doing an independent movie, but and not a big one. Right. Like a, like a smaller independent movie. And, now, and, you- and, and, and does he just kind of let you go a lot of the times? So do- he does. I mean, we, 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 we uh, met on the street. It was Fucking freezing. Yeah, it looked like it. It was really cold. So there was like, you don't want to be out there that long anyway. Mm-hmm. And he was like, well, let's just just do it. You know, we didn't rehearse. And, and you know, I was in a car freezing and in this fucking, you know, I, I've played a handful of cops and I don't understand. You know, I don't understand how they make cops wear the uniforms that they wear. Not the way they look. They're so fucking uncomfortable. Yeah. And they're so they're so cumbersome. And they're so like uh, they don't have any like give to them. You know, there's no flattering. Forget this. Forget the way they look. (laughs) But the the, the reason why they're unflattering is because they don't have any give. Yeah. And then you're supposed to chase somebody who's running for their life. Right. Who's probably you know. Who's who's scared shit? Yeah. And let's like say eighteen and twenty five. And you're a forty five year old fucking <laughs> cop from the streets of New York, and you're and you're not even wearing sneakers. You're wearing these fucking shoes, like wingtips. And, <laughs> and then when you get them, you know, like they wonder why. I don't want to say whatever. I was gonna make like a bad, you know, beating up, you know, sure. people jokes, but that's I'll leave that for you guys. But <laughs> but, but, but but we'll but, take it from here. Yeah, wrap up parts. Which, you, you, by the way, w- w- would be the name of a great sitcom. That's a good bit. Yeah. That's a good bit, though. We'll take it from here. Wrap up parts. Yeah, but no, that's, a, that's the that's, that's your good, tough crowd. That's your yes. tough crowd. Remember that show? Wait. With Colin Quinn, and he had four comics oh, on. Oh, right, 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 There was that we'll great one with the... Dennis Leary oh, and Geraldo. Right, that's right, that's right. So, that's right. Go, so go to the networks it's, and pitch. We'll take it from yeah, here, yeah. Rappaport. Yeah, you at comics, and you come up with these premises, that's good. and, and then give them you things give, to talk that's about. That's funny. That's so, good. So, yeah, so, so a cop finds a black kid in an alley who's completely unarmed. Brad? Yeah. <laughs> we'll take it from here, Rappaport. I set it up. Now, you be offensive. Yeah. But anyway... But 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 so anyway so but it was just you know the script itself with Louis was so well written yeah. it yeah. was so like every beat of it was so laid out but very simple and you you know we just shot and like it was just like how many uh, is he does he like to shoot a lot or not a lot not a lot like to be honest with you the closest thing that I could compare it to is working with Woody Allen like it's like he'll do a few takes and then move on because uh, just real simple the script is actor proof he doesn't do a lot of coverage. And he's just doesn't like to overshoot. And doesn't like, get- like to overshoot. And and he's 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 acting. He's editing. He's writing. So and it's and it's not an egotistical. Like he's just a clear vision from one person. And he collaborates with the lighting. And he collaborates with the with the DP. Like he's very um, technical savvy. But he talks in like a Louis way. Yeah. So like <laughs> when he's talking to the DP, it's like it's like you're almost watching a bit where Louis. Doing, you know, talking to the DP, you yeah. know what I mean. So, mm-hmm. so it's it's just fun and it's exciting, and and he just he makes you feel um, the the like he makes you feel uh he makes you feel good about yourself, like or he made me feel good about myself when I was working with him. So you feel empowered, like because he's encouraging you, so that you don't need like a warm up, really. You, you don't just need kind of go in and no, knock. It he's out. like, yeah, yeah. let's read it, let's shoot it, boom. And I like to read lines. I don't necessarily like to rehearse, but like for me, like and also there were like like there were long scenes. 
and I like to just read lines, like because I'll, like I'm not as good at remembering remembering lines as I used to be. Like, but but so I'll be like, can we read it? Can we read it? We're like, sure, he'll let you do it. But I think he'd prefer to just just totally like just go into it. But it was a pleasure, and 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 uh, he's cool as fuck. Like Louis is Louis is cool as shit, and like. And like the way he was with me, and like you know, like he, as a director, like I I fuck with him, like I fuck with him hard, like I, I have a lot of respect for him. Oh yeah, yeah. I, and that's I, a guy too that just I mean, like everyone yeah. thinks who's not uh, who didn't know him from stand up is like, oh this guy just like I mean it's like they forget that he's been doing stand up like almost thirty years. Yeah, yeah, he's big. Louis Louis C K is no fucking joke. Man. So so you so you've literally been in all these different avenues. You've done the you, you tried the stand up. You got the podcast now. You yep. got the acting. And yeah, I am Rappaport podcast. Yeah yeah yeah. yeah. And uh, so which I have great. Which is a great podcast. Places iTunes, where else? Where else? Rant. You know, all the same yeah. places. iTunes, iTunes Stitcher. Stitcher yeah. Um, and then, yeah, and, and, and then on the website. Is... They sell the shit on bootleg. My shit is so popular. <laughs> what? No, I'm just <laughs> Dude, black like, guys like out here, from his board. movie premieres are like, yo, Rappaport <laughs> Podcast right even, here. Even though you could get it for free, <laughs> motherfuckers are like, yo, I could sell this for 50 cents. And like, <laughs> I can make like a dollar. Yeah. Like if I if I sold two a day, you could sell two a day. <laughs> like if you're in a busy corner, you're going to be able to sell two a day. Like, it's the bootleg Iron Rappaport shit. Hey man, I just I just sold a, a laminated photo of uh, Clooney and Rappaport from ER for fifteen bucks on eBay. <laughs> but like, so you have you have all the uh, all these avenues, and you, like uh, you've done you've done the sitcoms. Is there a particular thing that's your favorite thing to do? Yeah. Is there something like so many different sets? It's yeah, like, everyone everyone brings their own right. A movie set. I mean, I've only been on a handful of each, but right. it's like. So different, right? Than like a sitcom set or a single cam show. Well, movie or- sets, it's like you know, like like let's talk about the heat. Like the heat was like Sandra Bullock and Melissa McCarthy, and like you know the kind of part that you know we had similar. Like we'd work a few days and then be off, yeah. And the work a few days and be off, and you, you're not really you know totally there every day. And 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 you know it was a great because Paul Feig, yeah, the man. I mean, that's a fucking that's a really good director too. Yeah, yeah. he's a good director. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that you people might kind of like overlook how good of a director he is, but that guy, he, he, he so good. Yeah, he, you know what he did? He here's here's another great testament to also. So he uh, let me go out to Budapest to do Spy, right? For like two lines, ended up being one line that stayed in. But hey, man, it stayed in, so fucking right. whatever. Yeah. But uh, he went over that day, and he was getting like yelled at a lot because. He had me all the way out there, and Michael McDonald, who like we've gotten real chummy with, and we, you know, uh, and we were uh, the scene was us together at the end when Melissa she got all her, all her gadgets from Mike before she went into the field, and then he let Michael and I improvise for probably fifteen twenty minutes, right? And mm-hmm. just because he was like. You know, I was thinking maybe A because he felt bad that I went all the way out there, but he didn't owe anything to me. He was like, "Yo, I got two guys that are funny. Right. Let me see if I can get a little bit more right. to maybe use." Right. And he was going sure. over, but he was like, "No, like, why would I not try to get a little bit more funny?" Absolutely. Here? And mm-hmm. uh, he's he's cool. Yeah, he's cool. He's good. And they they were cool. Sandra Bullock and and Melissa McCarthy. Yeah. But, but you know, like I mean, so the, 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 I think the thing is like, you know, like you say, like the, the answer to the question, like I don't have a favor. Like, you know, you just want to have like sincerely you want to do shit that you're proud of. You want to have fun. Mm-hmm. And, and at the end of the day, you want it to be good because I've done a lot of movies and a lot of uh, shit. Your IMDb page is ridiculous, yeah, by thank the way. You, thank it's just, you. It's just everything. Yeah, it's, that's it's good. Like, you it, know, so that's cool. You've done, there's like there's a lot of shit, but there's yeah. some, you know, you have experiences, but some of them. Some of them are great experiences, not great finished product, mm-hmm. and 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 you can't predict what it's going to be. You really so, can't, can you? You fuck no, you can't predict. I mean, you you could you could weigh your options. Like you could be like the ingredients. Like you could be like, all right, well, sure. if I got a good script, 
good director, good actors, and, and like just kind of a good energy. You can kind of hedge your bet that it's going to be good. Right, right. Like we, 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 I remember talking on the plane. Like we were yeah. like, the heat. This is gonna be funny. Yeah, There's like man. funny people. Like you know, like it was yeah. gonna be good. They had mm-hmm. cast it right, and everybody was killing. Just, it. There was and an Paul, energy. There was an energy for sure. You, right. So you yeah. knew, like you didn't, like. I mean, that turned into a huge hit movie. Yeah. But I've been in movies where you, you know, like you show up on set. Literally the first day, and I'm like, this is a fucking joke. This is not anything that anybody <laughs> thinks it's going to be, and it's not anything that I imagined it would be to, to, to partake in it. So what do you do? Do you voice you or just, you just go along with it? I, I, you just you voice when you could voice. But, it, I mean, yeah. if it's a tidal wave, a little raft is not going to stop it. Gotcha. You know what I mean? But you just try to – but then, then you – then like as I've gotten older, you just have to like – I'm a professional. I'm happy to be working. And right. you have to give it your all when you can and, and control the shit you can. But like – I'll do my part I'll right. I'll do the best I could fucking – like it's really like third grade shit. Like you got to do the best you can. <laughs> and, and like in my head in the third grade, I was like, fuck you. I'm going to fucking – you know, but like you have to like kind of be like that that – cliche of do the best you can sure there's sure. a reason why it's a it's a cliche and, right and you know there's a reason why people say it yeah you got to just try to do the best you can but i i i, I have a pretty good understanding of what knowing like a, a reality like this is yeah. gonna be good this is not gonna be good i don't share it with the people i remember i did one big movie and i was telling the executive producer like yo this is gonna be a fucking disaster and i remember the phone being silent <laughs> like him being like who the fuck are you to tell me like, you know, but, but I was just, I thought like he knew, like you had yeah. to know this yeah. is a piece of shit, right? right? Like you can't, like we're two weeks into this. This is a fucking joke. <laughs> like just burn the money and like just stop and like, let's just go and burn the money and fucking go crazy. <laughs> just throw it out the window. And give it to charity. See, I was going to ask too, like at what point do you have that much uh, awareness and confidence in being on all these sets to where you... Uh, if you step into a situation that's not um, conducive for a great finished product, that you're like, I won't say I anything. Need, you're just like, mm-hmm. I'm gonna do my job. Now I don't say anything. Yeah. Now but, I don't say shit. Well, also you've gotten to the point where I mean, you're 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 working so much where you're like, well, I got I got another train coming. Listen, you're, you're, it's not you're, even you're, about you're the fine. train. It's 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 like, yo, if if you're there to be an actor, yeah. And, and, and you're just there to be an actor, just be the fucking actor. Yeah. If it ain't going good, don't try to fucking be the producer. Don't try to be the director. Don't try to be, you know, fucking craft service guy. Just do your <laughs> shit the best you can and get the fuck out of there. Man, those there cheese go. slices weren't cut Yeah, probably. you know what, man? This is some bullshit. I need a fucking quesadilla in the fucking morning. <laughs> Velveeta, fuck you, Like, Jerry. that's when you kind of, like, got to be at your best behavior. Yeah, because right. for, for me, because it's so upsetting to know you're making shit. Yeah. That, that's not a good feeling if you realize, yo, this is shit. Sure, I, 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 and I'll, I'll tell. Like, I won't say it to them, but I'll, like, yo, I'll, I'll tell my dad. Like, he'll be like, well, what are you doing? I'm like, Dad, it doesn't matter. It's just shit. <laughs> you should. Well, when is it coming out? It doesn't. You don't want to see it, and you may never even fucking like. They may never like have the digit, digit, digitization yeah. to yeah. make this something anybody could ever see. Yeah. Or should they? It's garbage. Yeah, but then you have, but then you have other times when you're like playing the character that you played on friends where you're walking into an establishment like that's that's the easiest yeah is it yeah no 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 intimidation you're just like oh cool like this is a built-in empire they were really cool first of all and and you played phoebe's boyfriend phoebe's boyfriend kudrow's been on the show she was cool she's my um buddy's uh, aunt oh that's cool that's cool yeah Yeah, at least she's she's real cool yeah Mm -hmm. they were all really nice which is number one which is probably one of the reasons why it did it went on so long sure so that's number number one because if you have that you definitely walk, factors in, yeah. 
Yeah. You walk on a fr- the friend set and like four out of the five friends are like, suck my fucking dick. And David Schumer's like, bitch ass motherfucker. Like, yo, what the fuck? You know, and Matt LeBlanc is like, well, who the fuck is this motherfucker here? And Lisa Kudra's like, you know, chewing her gum and t- <laughs> you hired Rappaport. I mean, it'd be a fucking nightmare. They wouldn't, they wouldn't have made it so far yeah. if they weren't on the same page. They're so, all wearing Celtics jerseys. Right. They're all like, you know, I'm like, you know, you don't know your lines. What you want to read lines? Like, and none of them are reading lines. Yeah. Like, no, they, they were all very cool and nice and welcoming. I've done other mov- other TV shows where, you know, dudes don't want to see you shine. Mm. They don't want to see you shine. And, 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 and then, and, and for but, fear of what you're going to crush it as a guest just, star and who take the fuck over. No, see, they're just miserable, miserable fucking shit. And, you know, like don't know how good they have it and, and, and all that shit. And, 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 but, but with specifically friends, you know, sixth or I don't know when, maybe it was the fifth or sixth season. You like, you know, it's it's a big thing. You know, it's a cultural phenomenon. You know that it's going into syndication. You're already rich. You're not even as rich as you're gonna be. Mm-hmm. You like working with the people you've worked with. You 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 bursted the bubble of fame and success. You have that big break. Like, what's to be a, you, like? You're, at this point, you're working four four days a week. Yeah. Four days a week, and, and you usually like your longest day will be like nine. And Friday, you'll work from like 10 to nine. Oh. What? There's nothing. With sitcom, a successful sitcom, if you're an, like, and you'll hear about assholes on a successful sitcom, they're actually assholes. <laughs> in, this, in this business, like to tell people, yeah. like if you're a, an asshole, if you hear about someone being an asshole on a sitcom, right. then they're for real assholes because any sitcom actor will tell you this is the easiest, most cush. Uh, most fun and enjoyable job, and if it's not, you yeah. need to, like then then there's something wrong with you. Right, we had a we it's had a fucking joke, and not joking, yeah. saying in a bad way. Yeah. Joke in terms of the the, the work. It's yeah. it's I don't say demeaning. I'm saying joke in terms of like this is a job. Like you talk about like this is something I get paid to do. Yeah. Like the they, perks and and financial. It's great. Uh, so they benefits. they all so to answer the question like the the friends cast they all appreciated it. It was. It was. They. They appreciated. It seemed like it. the timing too for them. It was like uh, that. That they were in a position to be very like great. Because doesn't that play a factor? Like you were saying. I mean, like the timing of getting certain jobs. Like if, like you know, they the were. Pe- they were. None of them were big though when they got those jobs. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Aniston, Jennifer Aniston had had done some things, but she wasn't even close to being I Jennifer mean, Aniston. She yeah. was in the Leprechaun Part Three. Yeah, I mean, and we she can was acknowledge in that Ferris Bueller uh, <laughs> TV show. Like she was. Yeah. She was just an up and coming. Yeah. They were young. So. So I mean. They, like that was a good experience, and you know, you, you know, the sitcoms like when they do well, like motherfuckers walk away. There, like you look at uh, what's his name, Doogie Howser. Yeah, Neil Patrick Harris. Does Neil he Patrick not Harris. look fucking happy as shit to you? <laughs> that motherfucker looks happy as looks fuck as he should. All the time. Yeah. He's fucking ha- like yo. He just was on a sitcom for nine seasons. Yeah. Do you think he closes his day with the with the same way he did on Doogie, where he's at his <laughs> computer and he and he journals about his day like, on the computer that he used on Doogie? Like I'm I, I'm just happy as shit. Yo, yeah, I just I did. What was it? It was to, uh, uh, married to your mom. Married to your uh, uh, how I met your mother. How I met your mother. Yeah. He's like. You know, like, I mean... You did some episodes? No, I didn't, no. but I'm saying, yeah. yo, those motherfuckers yeah. are like, oh, yo, yeah. that's a good fucking job. It's a great right. run. Nine years of that shit, and at the end, you're making a million a week? Jesus, are you serious? Imagine a million a week. You're like, do you know if I made a million a week? Like, I would literally... <laughs> you wouldn't be I here. I would have sprinkles <laughs> shooting out of my ass. <laughs> literally. Like, I'd have a sprinkle machine <laughs> shooting out of my... It would be literally be like, I would be like fucking, like, I would be like fucking tiptoeing to work. Like, I'd be like... Ah! 
I'd be so fucking. You would own so many Funky Ducks. Yo, I would be <laughs> Funky, funky Duncan, and literally, I'd be shitting sprinkles out of my ass, colorful rainbow sprinkles Some that people... taste good, <laughs> as opposed to those fucking <laughs> those other ass sprinkles yeah, yeah. that taste horrible. You're like, uh, you could take your Lamborghini. I already got that. Give me something that shoots sprinkles exactly, out of your ass. Exactly. But that's Done. how creative you got if you got that type of money coming through. A million a week? Wow. For 24 weeks? Now it's like. <laughs> Is, is is that why you try to get in all these things? Like like when you when, when you direct something yeah. like uh, your garden documentary, like the uh, tribe called Quest documentary, yep. which, which was incredible Thank by the you. way, yeah, so good. Uh, like like what made you? What makes you want to get behind the camera? Then I just love it. I love doing it. I love making you know those films. I I never had a, a plan to be a documentary documentary filmmaker. I just I wanted to do it. I wanted someone else to make a documentary about the tri- about Tribe Called Quest, mm-hmm. and then I was like, I should do it. And then I just started doing it, and then we just made it. It wasn't a plan, nothing. Like yeah. I wanted to direct a feature for a long time, and I just still haven't found the right one. And then I did the Tri movie, and then that led me to the Thirty for Thirty um, about the Knicks and. I still want to do a feature, but I'm still like, you know, I still have like a, like documentaries are, are I love them, but they're brutal to make. Well, we could, I mean, they're not fun. Well, that ain't doing no sitcom. Right. Cause you have the script in the sitcom and you know, like, okay, it's going to be 22 minutes for the documentary. You just keep shooting. You just and keep you shooting. Try to and, find a storyline. And the moving, the moving parts are, are, yeah. the intangibles are, 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 they're, they're, they're a lot. They're but a like, lot. but like the scene in, uh, the Tribe Called Quest documentary where like, Q-tip is confronting, and, yeah. they're, and they're finally yeah. airing these issues out. Yeah. Like, like how how much are you shooting? And then when that's going on, you like, hold, wait, this is it. This is yeah. why we made this movie yeah. for this moment right here. That particular scene in in the tribe movie with Q-tip in the dressing room and 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 you know airing stuff out, like, you know, like I just. You know, I, I shot that actually, and I'm not wow. saying I shot that because they didn't let the DP in, right. and that was probably one of the only things and one of the first things I ever shot. And and while it was going, I was like, I like you said, like I knew like this how important it was because like it was so real and visceral. Like they were like yeah. just airing everything out that's the, sort of the themes of the, the some of the some of the dysfunction, some of the dysfunction because it's not completely dysfunctional. Sharp sure. Cold Quest, but they have dysfunction like any any sort of family right and and my whole thing was like i was i remember being like get this you know like kind of like thinking technically and then i was like if, if i don't if i don't like if i if i fuck this up shooting like that's that's this is you this is not this is not something that's going to be able to re- recapture right. and i and then when i saw it i was just like thank god you know <laughs> but it was like 12 minutes and in the movie it makes wow. like 90 seconds but yeah. like yeah the editing is a Fucking, I mean, docs are a motherfucker. I, I mean, you know, in good docs, when you see a good doc, it's not happenstance. Like when you mm-hmm. see, some, like you know, do, like you know, they, everybody's, you know, they call this the, the, you know, the the great period for documentary filmmaking because of HBO and Netflix yeah. and all that shit. And there's so much access to them. So when you see good ones, you know, just know that shit took a lot of shoveling and a lot of fucking. I was gonna say, and, and again, uh, the approach with that, like, did you, you, how did you, when the idea come from for you to then go to them and say, I want to. Well, I, I knew them a little bit, and I, I just, you know, like, I, it came um, a few years before I started shooting, and then I just didn't do anything. Like, they were like, yeah, go ahead. You can make a doc about us. And then and then I never never got going. And then I was actually doing a, 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 a very unfulfilling television show, and, 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 I was, and I found out that they were going on tour, and I was like, I reached out to them, and, like, 
they were like, yeah, you can make a doc, you can make a doc on us. And then I like it was like on Tuesday, and then on a Saturday we were shooting. Holy shit! And wow. but I didn't know why, I didn't know what I was getting myself into in because well, you're starting from. I mean, I don't know how you. And you it wasn't had, thought out. Like, right. It wasn't thought like the Knicks movie. Like it was more planned out, and it was told in past tense. The thing that was yeah. so challenging about the Tri movie was told in past tense, but also in current. Yeah. Like day to day of what was going on that. Yeah, the you were way more about how they were coming up, but then at the yeah. same time examining what the group's up to at this very, yeah. at this very moment. So unit unit you never know when that moment's going to happen. You don't know what the fuck's like, going to happen. Yeah, like like the Q-tip thing. You you just have, you just have no idea. Yeah. And but it, it's so great that you're able to first of all make those two documentaries about topics that you love. Yeah. That you focused on and that really comes through in the filmmaking. You can tell this is done by someone who cares about Thank it. Thank you. Whether it be the garden or whether it be tribe. It's like this isn't a guy out of film school. It's like, well, I guess I'll do something about it's a not rap some, group. It's not something where you could just fall into. Like right, you have right, to be right. emotionally for me. Yeah. For me. Like I've seen other documentaries, documentary filmmakers that are great and they can't be emotionally invested in everything. Like Alexander Gibney, he 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 did like the um Fuck man, he he did the uh, he he did the uh, what the Lance Armstrong doc. Oh right, yeah. I mean yeah, he's yeah. done he's done a lot of shit, and and like he'll do three docs at a you time. Don't, you don't think he's emotionally invested in he's, cycling? No, no, I, I don't think he's not. <laughs> right. But he's able to compartment. I, I don't. I've never talked to him, but I imagine he's able to compartmentalize because he's doing multiple docs at once. Yeah. Right. And he's a master, so I'm yeah. saying that out of respect. Like for me, it's like I have to be like I'm like it's like life or death when I'm making a doc. And that's the only way I know how to do it. Um, and, and both those subjects, like it, it felt like I felt the weight of that life or death. Like I cared that much. Like the tribe, tribe shit. I love, I mm-hmm. love tribe core quest. So I love every that. moment and ounce of just energy in that whole process. You were just all. I mean, you have to be because it's. It I was frightening. Imagine. Yeah, it was. It was frightening. Like it eats the, up your life. It, yeah, and and you know it was just hard for me. It was hard for the group. It was just hard for the whole team that you know was was around me, and it was challenging. Um, and I, and I'm sure. A lot of, you know, for, for the people around me, because I'm so, like, I feel the pressure of it. Because so, Tribe means so much to me and to so, to so many people. Like, I didn't want to be the person who fucked up a yeah. Tribe Called Quest doc. Yeah, that's true. I probably maybe, like, you know, and, and, the, and the beautiful thing and the great thing about that movie is that the response from that movie, Beats, Rhymes, and Life, has been so... Yeah, Beat Rhymes, and Life, yeah. It, 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 it's been, you know, like, it's been so positive and, like, pretty much every day somebody will come up to me and say something about that movie and I'm just like, I'm like, uh, like, um... So sort of flattered and like I gush, like I'm like like I I, I I'm like bashful because I I still can't believe that people you know like like the movie and saw the movie. Well, sure, because that's not you getting a part of some uh, of something and reading someone else's words and someone yeah. someone else's creation. That yeah. was all. That was all you. That was yeah. that was all you putting it together. So there there's more of you into yeah, 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 something yeah. like that exactly. than, when, than when you do a different project. Exactly. But I, mean, I think I think yeah. the next doc that uh, that you need to do is on your return is is you you pre- you preface it with showing highlights of your 2010 NBA celebrity all-star game MVP and then <laughs> we follow your journey to get back into the show. But I, I fucking tried to I tried to fucking do that this year at the garden and win the MVP and then yeah. retire. Yeah. And I, I and I just was like it was like <laughs> it's just not happening. The court is too fucking long, man. That court, it's ninety-two feet. 
It's and you too, just keep getting older, man. <laughs> I keep getting older, and they keep getting younger, and like you know, and like yeah, now, now freaking Bieber's in the game. Bieber's and he's in the game, and there was another. They're just like, the court was. I was just like the court. It's like it's too long. How it's, bad though? Do you want to just like block when a Bieber? I shots? tried my best. Like, I couldn't like, catch like, the little like, fucker right back in him. Just I like, tried to fucking clothesline him. I tried to block it. <laughs> if you watch, there's there's fucking footage of me like grabbing. Like I was like I tried to. I told Common. Mm-hmm. I said, yo. And he, he'll tell you. I said, yo, do not, do not get crossed up. Do not let him make you look bad because this will be something that will, yeah. this will go beyond, but like when you're, when beyond you're, viral. When, beyond viral. This is like when you're, this is your life. like your, your grandkids' grandkids are oh, going to see yeah, this. Yes. I mean, Justin Bieber. And he got, he got, a, it wasn't terrible, but he got crossed over enough to make, you know, and, and I was like, fuck, you, you, you're <laughs> getting out on him. Like, play off of him. And like, if he happens to go by you, then doesn't look bad because it's Justin Bieber. Yeah, exactly. You can't, can't, can't get. And the name of your documentary is "Can't Get Crossed by Bieber." Nope. <laughs> can't get crossed. No, maybe it's called "Nope." Can't get crossed. Like yeah. Justin Bieber. Or fuck nope. Don't get crossed. Fuck nope. And Common does a soundtrack. All right. Well, let well let's get that one up on There's Kickstarter another, right now. Like, let's get that shit going. Uh, Michael, you've been. It has been you, amazing. You, you, you've just been great. I just want to paint a picture so to the fans, though. You guys yeah. got the three candles in here. You That's got, right. Wait, one of them is. You got a skittle. Flavored candle. Skills flavored candle. We got candle, a lavender, right. vanilla, and sure. a vanilla. Yeah. yeah. So it's like a potpourri of good smells in here. You know what I mean? I, I like the candles. Would these be the, the di- smells that come out of your sprinkled asshole? If that you would get be that. the smells that are coming out of my my sprinkles for sure. For fucking sure. Ninth, even in the seventh, year, even in the sixth year of the spring. Like, you know, I don't even have to get to the ninth year of the sixth. Yeah. If if actually in the fifth year when it go like the sprinkles will be coming out of my ass. I don't know what will be. I'll be fucking hundredth episode maybe. True. Yeah. Sprinkles coming out of my ass and you know. Just like my mouth will have, you'll have fresh breath all the time. Like there'll be nothing wrong. You won't need to wear deodorant because yeah. like your body would exude yeah. money and and wealth and happiness. You Eating an like, asshole has never tasted so good. That'll never, be the never. Yeah. <laughs> that for all the actors, sitcom, sitcom actors on syndicated shows. Yeah, you well, know. That. Well, uh, find you on Twitter. Uh, listen to the podcast. I'm Rappaport. Yeah, and I gotta have you guys yeah. come on my shit. We'd love, We'd love to, to, man. Is, is that like that's like the new shit in yeah. podcast? Like you dude, do me. That's how I met Jerry Ferraro. He listen to us I hit him up I go dude cause uh, just huge Entourage fan yep. hit him up just blindly and then turns out you know having Mike Young uh, as, uh, as a middle man and, and so we went on his and then he came here and then now I hoop with him and uh, let me throw let me throw one question at you guys sure so I'm gonna say and you can't do duplicate you could go back and forth yeah. rapid fire okay three most exciting comics right now like you, you name one, you name one that you guys are like the, these guys are like you're impressed with. Shit, uh, I mean, they could be known or unknown. Okay, yeah, because yeah, I was gonna say like for me, uh, Jim Jeffries, love his stuff. My buddy Brent Morin. Oh, dude, Morin. Yeah, yeah, he's a buddy of mine, but he's he's just uh, a guy that's kind of ahead of his time, you know. Really? Okay. Yeah. He's uh, twenty. He's been on this podcast five times. Yeah, because he's on that Undateable show on NBC. Oh yeah, okay, it's okay. Come back for Thursday. Okay, he's a, he's a star, and he's. Uh, just he's got Burr qualities to him too. Okay, he's okay. A, he's an East Coast guy, but okay, yeah, yeah. And then uh, for my last one, I'll go. No, uh, that's your this is your second. Oh, one. Yeah, yeah, second one. Yeah, uh, this guy who opens up for me sometimes named um, Eric Myers. He is unbelievable. Nobody wants to follow this guy. Okay, he just got past the store. He's a recovering addict and just unbelievable presence 
energy. Okay. Funny as hell. He was just on a Dice special okay. on show, on, oh, okay. sh- on Showtime. Eric uh, so Myers. I didn't see that, but I, I E R I K Myers. Okay. He's gonna be a guest on this podcast soon. All right. Uh, Sebastian Maniscalco. Okay. Yeah, his latest special you got to check out. I got to check him out. Se- I mean, you should see him live for sure because live's always better. But uh, you'll be like, oh yeah, this guy. You know Gotham Comedy Club in New York? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he uh, the same way Burr when he does the Wilbur in Boston ad will do like ten days of shows, right? Which is unheard of. Sebastian Gotham is huge. Uh, started off doing like weekends Thursday through Saturday. Now he does like uh, Monday through the following like Wednesday. Damn, yeah. sells out. Okay, That's unheard of. Okay, uh, but he's also just yeah. You'll uh, you'll love him. All right, I'm gonna yeah. check yeah. him out. And then uh, guest, on, uh, former guest on this podcast. I just did her podcast. Uh, whenever Jessamay Peluso oh, okay. is up on stage, I just sit back and I enjoy. And She's I really good. Yeah. yeah. She's fantastic. It's Sharp mind. Uh, and for uh, uh, a female comic, too, to uh, just have a different point of view and not be all just stuff that's... I mean, to be a dude and, and be able to listen and relate and not have it just be all female-driven right, stuff right. You know, is uh, is fresh. Because this show right here, this has definitely been for the female audience. Right? Like, I think that... <laughs> yeah, this is... Yeah. What, we, what, what are some of the... From t- 60 to 63 is our demo. Uh, yeah. Women the female. in the homes. They yeah, play for the, sure. Exactly. <laughs> like, like, you know, they uh, watch the Lifetime, then they turn on the About Last Night podcast. Exactly. And for me, that my works. last one, she's... Uh, I know she's been around for a little bit, but I still like to give a shout-out when I can. Uh... P squared, Paula Poundstone. Oh, okay. You're <laughs> okay. Nah, just because nobody wears a uh, what, did she get in shoulder some trouble or some better. shit? Did she get in some some? I used to see Paula Poundstone. We talk about my improv days. Yeah. Did she get in some trouble? You know what you're setting me up for. We'll take it from here, Rappaport. That's what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't there something with her? I don't know. Was there? I don't know. There I don't was something. Go I don't on know. Google. I'll, I'll leave you. Yeah. Uh, but uh, what? Uh, we'll take it from here. Rappaport. No. So pick. No. Pick your last one. <laughs> Chappelle. And this yeah. is this is a great segue because Chappelle <laughs> is. Um, uh, is the the comic I first, Eddie Murphy Delirious is when I first saw yeah, stand up yeah, yeah. and even Sinbad before that when I was just like oh shit that I, I still didn't know yet though that you could do that as a job yeah and then I see Chappelle when I was out here at SC my sophomore year at the store before Chappelle show hit and it just blew my mind and then I saw him at Radio City last summer when yeah, he did yeah, that whole too, run me too unbelievable right yeah. unbelievable and for him to he's really fucking good twelve years later for and he's my favorite comic and uh, to has still it been be, twelve years since uh well once since I saw him in oh, 03. Okay, well yeah okay, Chappelle's okay. show yeah. well Chappelle's show I think ended in 05. yeah damn. Yeah, you shot that like out. what? I mean, like probably oh four or five or something like that. Yeah. By and the way, that to me, one of the greatest sketches of all time. Pop copy. Oh, thank you. Come on, <laughs> that's a pilot. Here's my. Oh yeah. He. I saw him on the street with his son mm-hmm. and his wife. I don't know if it was his wife or his girlfriend. Or it was the baby, baby mama or wife. Probably yeah. his wife. And I saw him on. I, 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 I said I'm not a good storyteller, but I, the, certain things you, you remember. I saw him coming down. Uh, West Broadway, and and I was like, oh, it was the summertime, and I was like, what's up? Or the spring? It wasn't too hot, and I had my kids, and I was like, what's up? And he's like, what's up? And I said, what are you doing, man? He said, I'm getting ready to do this show, man. I'm getting ready to do this pilot. Uh, you know, there's some shit in there. You know, can can you do this thing for me? And I was like, yeah. And I was like, what is it? He's like, oh, it's called the Chappelle Show. It's going to be the end of my career. <laughs> I remember he said that he 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 thought it was he had no clue it was just a pilot yeah this is just a Comedy Central pilot oh my God. you know what I mean and wow. Dave Chappelle was he wasn't Dave Chappelle I mean no, he was great and he had done a lot show. of movies no but he was probably coming off you've got mail 
Probably. I mean, right? Yes, I mean, it like, was. And he was like, it's going to be the end of yeah. my... But not saying like, like thinking like it wasn't going to be like, that was I'm it. doing a sketch show. And Who's it's going to be the last, the last chance I get. And then right. you know how much... Yeah, because when you're still in the stages of pilot, you don't know what they're going to... The boundaries he could have pushed yet. Who the right? fuck knows? But then yeah. when I saw the pilot, like, like talk about like a lightning strike. When you saw that pilot, that first pilot, because I believe the 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 blind was yeah. was the blind KKK the, uh, white supremacist. Was that yeah. in the pilot? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think so. Yeah. That shit was, was that was the beginning of like that was it. Like right. it was like on and popping. Like that shit was like boom. Yeah, Neil said they had to really fight for that to get in there because they knew how much of a game changer it was gonna. That like, was a game. It, it was it was gonna set the tone. They were gonna be like, if we can get this in and people respond, then we know what we can do. You know. <laughs> But that pop guy sketch was so that fucking... was fun. But we didn't know what the fuck. I mean, I didn't know what the fuck I was like. There was no. It was. It was a joke. Like it was like a little skit, and we didn't. It didn't know what it was. But I mean, we were like, yo, it was Dave and Neil Brennan and shit. Like you know, like I was like excited. But not say it's a joke. Like you just don't know. You don't know what you're doing. You're until like, oh, this is fun to fuck he, around. Yeah, fun. like, yeah, I'm, yeah, I fuck with you, Dave. I've seen you. I know you. I fuck with you. I've seen, I used to see him at the, the comedy clubs and shit, and I'm a fan. You're a fan. Yo, you do this skit. Okay, when is it? Come next Wednesday at 3 o'clock. We'll have you out in a few hours. Boom, you do it, and like, you, you forget about it. And then, you know, six, eight months later, it's like the fucking yeah. Chappelle little, show. Little, 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 that we're, I'm in college quoting, being like, hey, sweetheart, I got to go take a shit real quick. I'll we're, be right back. Yeah, like, we're just <laughs> fucking around. Like, I mean, there's outtakes and shit. Like, I'm sure of that whole show, like, I'm sure there's skits. You know, if they put together like like extended versions of oh, the yeah. best best um, the best sketches, yeah. Because you know, I'm sure there's, you know, that was that was like you know they were in their stride, like it was like you know they were playing the fucking That's chords. Crazy, at that. it's gonna end my career. It's gonna end my career, dude. That that should give everybody listening because <clears throat> we have a lot of young comics who to listen to the show. They're like, I mean, that you just really don't fucking know. Yo, man. the young comics, you don't fucking know. This is not the fucking business for the meek. <laughs> this is not a business to have you know one foot in and one foot you know out. It's like you you you're either like it's like you're a lifer. It's like you're either you're either you're you're it's like a gang and shit. Like it's joining a gang. If you're in it, you've been you jumped gotta, in. You got to be in. and you got and you you can't. There can't be any second thoughts. Right. There, there can't be any second thoughts of I, I coulda, I may. Uh, it's like you got to just be all the fucking way in. It's good to know that there's exciting people in comedy and shit. I don't go to the clubs as much as I yeah, should. You got to come out and uh, I go to sleep at fucking eight forty five. Man, like I'm like you know, it's like it's, I'm a dad. Yeah, it's just dad. I'm beaten down and broken, and you know my medication. It's like that's when my medication kicks in. So it's like the one part of the day. I was gonna say Brad and I uh, are starting this month a month show at the Laugh Factory tonight. I'll come to, see. I, I'll come to that. That's okay. close. Yeah, yeah. you're because you're in this area. All right. Yeah, I am. I, I you know, I know when I do get out, I, I, I I'm happy. But it's like you know, they're like you yeah, know, man. comic friends like come at eleven. Like eleven, I'm going to take a piss. I'm being <laughs> half I, asleep. Yeah, like after asleep yeah, for four hours, yeah, then I'm going the middle of my sleep night like i'm taking like i might piss or i might hold it till two but like you you know show that's the show thanks for tuning in we had laughs and stories now go listen to more episodes on itunes or your phone subscribe and tell your family and everyone you know but what should i tell them well you can just tell them that
listening to the About Last Night podcast with Brad Williams and Adam Ray. Boy, they're a lot of fun, huh? Why don't you subscribe on iTunes to this fucking podcast, give them a five-star rating so this midget and this Jew can feel good about themselves for a couple minutes. Also, get on your iPhone or Android and get the podcast app. You can also listen to it on Stitcher or aboutlastnightpodcast.com, where you can hear past episodes with great guests like Lisa Kudrow, Paul Feig, Kevin Nealon, Bob Saget, Dion Cole, Chris D'Elia, Adam Devine, Michael McDonald, Jaleel White, Bud Friedman, Steve-O, Harlan Williams, Tom Arnold, Ron Funches, Rick Glassman, Blake Anderson, Anders Holm, Jessime Peluso, Joey McIntyre, and many, many more. I'm Tony Danza. Thanks for listening to the About Last Night podcast. Good night. That's it, right? You got it? Sweet. Boy, it smells good in that booth, by the way. What kind of candle is that? Hanukkah Willow? <laughs> nice. If you like listening to comedy, try watching it on the internet. The folks behind the Sideshow Network have launched a new YouTube channel called Wait For It. It's got interviews with comedians like Reggie Watts, Todd Glass, Liza Schleichinger, Schleichinger, I've been friends with her for 10 years, one of the funniest people out there, and I still have a hard time with the last name, Liza. Our very own Owen Benjamin, that's me, takes you on a musical journey down internet rabbit holes and much more. You don't have to wait any longer. Just go to youtube.com slash waitforitcomedy. There's no need to wait for it anymore. Because it's here. And it's funny. And I love you. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games.